and welcome to Sunday's uh, GPG podcast. I am your host, Flap. Thank you for being with us. And uh, yeah, what a week we've had in gaming. It's uh, yeah, it's not every week that you get a Game Awards and a Halo launch in the same week, a couple of weeks before mm. Christmas. So there's lots for us to sink our teeth into tonight and uh, quite excited for tonight's show for a couple of reasons. Um, I am a little bit under the weather, so I do apologize if I'm not quite on my A game. I will do my best. But um, yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, like I say, there's, there's a lot for us to delve into today. And I'm really pleased with uh, the guests that we have on today's show. But uh, before we introduce those um just me and scott from the gpg crew this week sadly uh pucks and luke can't make this week hopefully they'll be with us next week but uh let's come straight to you scott if that's okay my friend uh how are you how's things what have you been up to and uh yeah how, how has your halo week been <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm good thank you very much flat Appre- appreciate it uh looking forward to tonight's show it's always good to uh to have pong soul and steel rain on i'm not too sure if we've had them on together so i think uh, no. there's going to be a, a hell of a lot of energy on tonight's yeah. show i think um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've had a I've had a really good week. I mean, uh, you've got some Halo footage on the screen now, and that's basically yeah, that, that is literally all I've played since since it came out. I've not touched another game, I don't think, in in that time. So um, yeah, still oh, playing a hell of a lot of the multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, done my first playthrough of the campaign, started my second, and and, and loving it so far. Nice, excellent. Well, that's no surprise there at all. Obviously, a big Halo fan <laughs> that you are, and uh, yeah, fantastic. Well, we're we're going to be coming on to that in topic two of of today's show, and um, just a word of warning. Hopefully, well, there won't be any spoilers, but we'll we'll do our best to avoid spoilers. Um, I don't think. Hopefully, there will be too much we can spoil. We'll uh, we'll try and keep a lid on it if we can. But uh, yeah, let's come to our our two guests, and it's kind of a bit of a mashup, really, because uh, we have the living split screen with us uh, in the fall of obviously Steel Rain and Pong. So we'll come to you first, Steel, as you were first on my screen, my friend. How the devil are you? And thank you for being here. What sort of week have you had? Hey, look, man. It is I and I am him, the one and only Steel Rain. And I have to say, first off, thank you for inviting us, not only just me, but the whole living split screen duo into the Green Pass kingdom. Um, look, I, every time that I come in here, I think I've been on here quite a few times by now. Um, and every time that we come on, we have excellent conversations. Um, I love what you guys are doing over here. You always approach it from a, a different angle. And you guys are so passionate, which I always love. Um, for me, my week has definitely been filled with a lot of Halo, man. Um, <laughs> I've been knee deep into it. And I'm playing on Legendary. A lot of people have been calling me a crazy man. Um, but I've been enjoying it, man. Um, it's been one heck of a ride for sure. Um, I know a lot of people kind of feel some way about the All beginning right. of the game. Um, I feel like from t- from the start to at least where I'm at now, when I feel like I'm getting closer to the end, um, it's been an excellent ride and definitely probably my most favorite halo of all time so far but we'll talk about that later uh we have looks like we have a lot of interesting topics to talk about uh it's been a hell heck of a week i should say and man isn't there what other great time as you kind of said in the background flap when other what other time do you get halo and the game awards in the same week so let's get to it man i'm excited Absolutely. No, I'm so pleased you're here and thank you for being here. And of course, the other half of the living split screen, Pong, again, you've been on separately, but I don't think you've been on together. Thank you for being here, my friend. Um, like still says, we've got a hell of a lot to get through tonight, but uh, thank you for being here. Uh, yeah, what have you been up to? What has your week looked like? 
I'm guessing pretty much uh, the same as ours. <laughs> well, you know, I am always a little different. But anyways, first of all, honored to be back on here. I think this is number three. Uh, but yeah, this mm. is the first time with Steel, of course, my brother from another. Uh, nice. Fantastic that you invited us both. I can't thank you guys enough. You know how much I love you guys. I have been extremely busy during the week, which entails pushes my weekends around. So I haven't been catching you guys live as much as I've wanted to lately. But that's real life for you. Mm. I love this place. I love you guys. And I love the community here. You know, I've been in here for a long time. So it's always a pleasure and honor to be here with you all. Love your thoughts and opinions on all the topics. So um, look, this week, yeah, it's been Halo, but I am a grazer. So I do have a big catalog of games in my playthrough list, right? So for me, I'm always switching around, but I have gotten... Uh, probably about eight hours of Halo in. Uh, so I've got a good feel for the game, really liking it. But man, look, people can't forget, we still got those 30 plus demos from ID at Xbox that are sitting out there right now <laughs> from some smaller developers. Mm. Let me tell you, there is some great, great games coming in the pipeline from some small developers. I actually uh, touched on, well, a couple of them we already kind of knew about. Um, but a couple of them we didn't. So um, nobody, uh, nobody's a hero. Uh, that one we've known about from Drinkbox for a long time. Uh, fantastic demo out there right now. And then I tried this little game called Black Tail. Um, this game is based on Slavic mythology, and it is really good. First person, but you get to kind of choose if you're going to go good or if you're going to go evil. Uh, very interesting little game. I suggest everybody kind of pick it up, look at it, see if it's something that interests you, and then take care of that. Uh, also been popping into Chorus. Chorus is absolutely oh, wow. amazing. Absolutely. If you're into space shooters, please go check out Chorus. It's only $40. It's not a full-price game, but go check that out. So, yeah, I've been all over the place, of course, still still getting into Skyrim uh, Anniversary Edition and all oh, that right. good stuff. But. Wow. But um, yeah, powdering away, I'm over uh, 100 hours into that thing again. So, you know, Skyrim just continues to live on. Uh, so <laughs> it's amazing. But uh, no, great week. Fantastic news. Unbelievable that we get Halo and the Game Awards in one week. And the Game Awards, man, there was so much stuff in there. I can't wait to talk about it. So let's get down to it, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, let's hold on to that thought with Skyrim as well, because I actually quite enjoyed uh, Bethesda's little skit during the Game Awards. That was quite funny. But, absolutely uh, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, um, yeah, no, thank you very much for being here, everyone. Like I say, uh, we've got some great topics and we are actually going to start with the Game Awards. But before we do chat, thank you very much for being here. Please get involved. Don't be shy. If you're new to the channel or you're just listening in the background, please just tap in, say hi. We're a friendly bunch. Um, yeah, just let us know your thoughts and opinions. The whole show is based on, you know, what we all think. It's not just a, a top-down approach. Tell us what you think and what your thoughts and opinions are. So let's, let's yeah, like you say, let's get straight into it. Game Awards. Um, let's go to you first. Let's go to you first, Scott, if you don't mind. Um, what did yeah. you make of the Game Awards? I mean, the people, you know, there was some, there's, there's always comments online, isn't there, after the event. I think people felt that it kind of slightly under-delivered compared to their own expectations i don't think it was overhyped if i'm honest i think perhaps people had expectations of it that perhaps they felt it didn't live up to but uh, what a uh, couple of questions what what score would you give it out of 10 and uh, what did you think of it general in over, overall oh starting off spicy flap um th th that's a tough one so i think maybe part of the way to look at it from my perspective is the the time for us in the in the uk so um i actually watched it live 
which was 1 a.m. to like 4, 15 a.m. here in the UK. Um, So from my perspective, if you would ask me, was it worth it? I'd say absolutely not. Um, I I personally didn't think it was the greatest show in the the world. And let me explain why. So um, first of all, it's just too damn long. It was over three hours, not including the pre-show. It was like closer to four hours when you factor in the pre-show. Um, which is just out, <laughs> outrageously long for a sh- for for a show like that, um, mm-hmm. especially for us that are um, you know on in different time zones. Um, you know, being a Thursday night as well, we all had work the next day. Maybe or, or some of us would have had work the next day. Um, but what I will say is, it started uh, in my opinion really strong. I think the first half to maybe the first two thirds. Um, were, were really good, Sean. I mean, I would still have criticisms of um, of what I consider the good portion of the show. I think there's still a little bit too much, uh, too many adverts, so, so to speak. I know everything's pretty much an advert, but, you know, when you see trailers for, like, Raid Shadow Legends and stuff like that, it's like, okay, maybe maybe cut down the, uh, on that a bit. But I really felt, the, I guess, the final hour, I felt that really, really dragged. Um, mm-hmm. And they were kind of holding onto the uh, the Matrix Awakens um, portion of the, of, of the show. They were kind of clinging on to that to keep people, um, I guess, hooked up, up until up until the very end. But I really felt that that final hour really, really dragged. Now, that might be because I was knackered because of the yeah, time it okay. was. Yeah. But at the same time, I just don't think it really had an awful lot of content in um, that the first hour or two of the show did have. You know, had a lot of reveals, uh, had a lot of um, cool trailers, gameplay segments, things like that. Um, and then my main criticism of it, and this has been my criticism, criticism of the show maybe a couple of times now, is the end of the show on The Matrix Awakens, which I'm, we're probably going to get to that, I think, later in the show, I, I assume, Flap. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, what I thought was really cool, and I'll save the, the, my, the rest of my thoughts on that for a bit later, it's essentially a tech demo movie tie-in, and mm-hmm. something didn't really sit right with me that the show essentially ended, ignoring, obviously, the Final Game Awards award. Um it essentially ended on a movie advert, more more or less. You know, it wasn't like a this is like a demo for an upcoming Matrix game. It was essentially a tie-in for for the new uh, for the new Matrix movie. Uh, and they've done that in the past, I believe. Um, if you remember the awful Fast and Furious game uh, that they kind of ended the show on a, a few years ago, um, and it kind of doesn't sit right with me that you know this show that's meant to be a celebration of games. Um, is kind of ended on something more related to movies than games. Um, I understand why why that is. It was obviously a, a really cool demo, but that, that just didn't quite quite sit so. I, I right think with me, I think so. the cynics among us might say that they actually paid more. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you know Jeff Kelly's had a lot of criticism thrown his way both before and after the show i think but no it, it is a it is a business and i you know i've, I've not been um i guess the, the nicest towards keely in the past um but i do think what he does for the game industry should be should be appreciated but i mm. also think there's room for improvement in the shows that 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 he does so to give the score out of 10 and probably give it like a seven I think okay. is a kind of a, a, a fair, but the first half or first two thirds of the show, I'd say were more like an eight, eight and a half, but the oh, second okay. half in the end and really, really dragged it down in, in, in my, in my opinion. 
No, fair enough. You know, uh, different. You know, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Um, uh, and to be honest, I kind of agree. But again, I watched it after the event, and I was able to skip forward through quite a lot of it. So perhaps I have a slightly mm-hmm. different impression because of that. Yeah. Still, let's come to you next, my friend. So same question, what? really. What did What did you make of it, and what What would you give it a score out of ten? Um, personally. I unfortunately would not be able to score it a one out of 10 because I did not watch it live. Um, okay. I kind of watched it on the back end, watched, uh, basically got a rundown of everything that happened. Um, I will say from what I gathered from everything that I watched um, was it was another advertisement kind of heaven scenario for a lot of people. And again, Jeff Keeley's show and how he has it set up, um, he has to pay the bills, and that's just kind of how it's set up at that point, unfortunately. Um, now, I guess people's problems with it, I mean, me and, like, me and Paul always say this, we tend to look at uh, different shows and the announcements and everything else kind of in their own vacuum and kind of in their own box and everything. So my excitement was more so for the announcements and everything, which is I'm kind of glad now hearing that, oh, it was almost four hours long and it didn't wasn't really paced really well and everything else. Um, I was busy playing Halo. So I was just like, <laughs> ah, I'd rather just catch up on the back end. So mm-hmm. to be completely honest, so, but there were many games displayed and that's one thing that I feel like people are kind of looking over. Um, yeah. They're, yeah, they're focused on the show and everything else. And again, if there's anything to be said about Keeling himself, uh, you don't have to agree with him. You don't have to like him. But at the end of the day, he's the only person who has the representation as big as it is for the mass audience, uh, for more people to get involved. Now, you can say, oh, well, we have G4 now. We got IGN. We got all these other people that do these shows. We got the Baptist um, that you guys have over, over that way. And sure we have those things but it's not as big as the game awards and it's definitely not as big as e3 and that's kind of the problem um me and paul talked about a little bit yesterday this kind of from everything that i've heard and everything that i've seen um it just continues to open the door for someone who is extremely passionate does have that dedication wants to make it about uh showing representation to the dev showing love to the devs uh because one of my one of my biggest points with these award shows, especially when it comes to gaming, and I feel like that's what makes it a little bit different from movies, for me personally at least, even though I know there's a lot of work that gets put into it either way, but people dedicate years of their lives making these games, and they don't, I feel like they don't get proper representation for that, and that's unfortunate, um, because there should be more a light shined upon them. Um, Psychonaut shouldn't have to win an award for it to get praise or whatever the case. And of course, the audience is going to appraise it or whatever the case, but it'd be nice for something that is broadcasted to a wider audience to at least say, hey, you know, collapse to, the, to this game or whatever the case. Um, we, we really respect everything they do. We just want to show love to the dev because they did an amazing thing here and so on and so forth. Um, now, do we also want to kind of talk about some of the games that were shown there or they're just talking about the show overall? Overall. Um, for me, just to touch on a couple of few of the games, because I don't want to run down the entire list. Um, some that really made notice for me personally, um, I'm going to start off with like my top three and then I have a couple that 
I just throw in there for some side things. Um, Hellblade 2, um, I'm pretty sure <laughs> everybody can kind of fall in line with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hellblade 2 was spectacular. That was ridiculous for what they showed for the Unreal Engine 5. Kind of what uh, Scott was touching on, too, as far as what they did with the with the whole Matrix thing, kind of tying the both, uh, both together as far as, like, the movie and, like, the little demo that they put together. But more so displaying the potential of Unreal Engine 5, and that is something that's dumbfounding to me because I, you know, I do my little bit of research in the, on the back end because uh, mm. I'm interested in that. There's so many devs that are working on Unreal Engine 5 right now, but it's different when you're seeing the bigger names starting to use it. You're starting to hear, oh, Coalition had, had some hands uh, helping get this working on the series console the way that it needs to be, um, you know. And then it just opens up a different spectrum, especially when you think about Ninja Theory, who's just now getting over 100 devs or whatever the case, open up their doors even wider. They haven't been back in the studio for that long, uh, maybe over six months at this point. And then for them to churn something out the way that they did has me excited, especially as someone who just played the first Hellblade this year. Um, so that had me amped up uh, for the potential. And I guess we'll talk about Hmm. next gen uh, next gen gaming yeah. how that's going to I'm looking forward to that later. Actually. Yeah yeah. Uh, 100%. Um the other one that really excited me as a Sega kid um is going to be Sonic Frontier. Just oh. because a lot of people downplay Sonic them a lot of people downplay Sonic. Oh, you can't can't get the speed right. He's never done mm -hmm. right in a 3D yeah, yeah. space and I wouldn't necessarily agree with you um like I always tend to say Sonic has more of an influence on me than Mario has ever. Um, mm -hmm. And that could have yeah, been some too. competition back in the day or yeah. whatever the case. Exactly. That's exactly flap. So you're right there with me. But I just think that he's an overall better character than Mario ever was. And again, there's shows, there's games, there's so many other things that probably have like made me kind of biased in that fact. But knowing that you're going to have these zones that are kind of open world zones within themselves, I think it's going to be really dope because there's some devs. Um, if you scour the the YouTube streets and whatnot, um, there's some devs out here who have made some Sonic games in Unreal, and there's some that have used some different engines and have created some amazing things that show me if they had some more money behind it that we could really get something special. And I'm hoping that this could re kind of revitalize everything, especially with the Sonic movies seemingly doing yeah. so well. Um, I'm surprised again, at that because it had a rough it. start, didn't it? The Sonic movie, it the did. original one. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, because... you remember that original reveal oh, of a Sonic? I don't, like? I don't know who yeah. looked at that character for Sonic originally. It was like, yeah, we're gonna make this movie with this with this character, and didn't understand why they got backlash. And, and again, I'm glad that they changed it because now Sega has a chance to revitalize one of their staple IPs mm. and become an icon again within gaming industry. Even now when like my kids still recognize who Sonic is quote unquote, yeah. but they don't feel the impact of kind of like, like what we did back in the day. So um, I was excited for that. I want to see more from that for sure. And then last but not least, I want to end it on wonder woman mm. mainly because no, we didn't see any gameplay, but the fact, what excited me about it is Monolith being behind it lets me know, um, at least based off of the previous games and from what I've done my research on, that they will be using the Nemesis system in this game that they've uh, yeah. brought into Middle Earth, uh, Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor, which to those people who might not be familiar with the Nemesis system is basically an advanced, uh, it's, it's an advanced AI system, basically. When yeah. you kill an enemy or an enemy kills you, it constantly learns from you. Um, mm -hmm. And not only that, 
as you progress through the game, it also learns your combat habits and learns your player habits. And it just, in turn, what it causes is this tailored experience for you as the gamer, which I feel like we're missing in a lot of games. Like you have to play a Mass Effect to get that. You have to play like Palm Keys going back to Skyrim. You got to play something like that to get these kind of different levels of not necessarily realism, but depth in the world, the depth in the characters and everything. And the Nemesis system really brings that to life for me. So hearing Monolith and the Nemesis system two together, Wonder Woman sounds like it might be a smash hit. Um, and then my last, my, the other add-on I want to throw on there is going to be Suicide Squad. Um, okay, I'm what did you make of that? The gameplay looks solid. Uh, I, I'm glad the gameplay looks solid. Um, from what we saw from the CGI trailer to actual gameplay, it carried over very smoothly. That's actually mm. what I was anticipating the game to at least look like. And I'm glad it met that expectation for me. I didn't find the characters that engaging, really. I didn't really think, oh, I can't mm. wait to play as that. Do you know what I mean? It's, really? Yeah. Oh, in- interesting, because one of the things that stood out for me about the Suicide Squad, and uh, I, w- I would agree that that was kind of one of my highlights of the show. Um, and this is a criticism I kind of have of the Avengers, mm-hmm. where I think in the Avengers, kind of each character kind of just feels very similar like right. I, obviously i mean you, you might have like some variance in the abilities but mm-hmm. and the hulk stands out as one that plays very different but right. a lot of the other characters kind of just felt very similar to to use um but this footage kind of showed each of the characters having like really distinct abilities right. and they look yeah. like they played very different right. and they look like you could have a lot of fun just playing around and um and experimenting with the different characters and their and their play styles and i thought that really looked like, yeah okay. and and that's what that's a, at least that's what i felt from it and again like you said scott it, it didn't give me that avengers feel it gave me like this feel that okay the game these individual characters are going to be completely different from each other like king shark didn't look like he was going to feel like death shot did or yeah. whatever the case you know there's those variances in there and again i guess you could kind of compare it to hulk or iron man in that case but um from what i saw it looked very versatile it looked exciting uh, the gameplay looked really smooth. It's something that I'm interested in, in as a combat fan. Um, I'm just into like those those scene to scene moments or those uh, action to action moments for me. And, and then to wrap it up for me personally, I'm going to have to throw Force Spoken in there. Um, okay. The representation, um, at least for uh, for me, is a, is an amazing. Um, the modern day feel coming back into well, being pulled into a fantasy world is an exciting concept to me. Um, and from what I've seen from the combat, the traversal, the overall look of the game, it's extremely up my alley. It's definitely a day one for me. So um, I'm excited for that, man. It was uh, definitely exciting things to see and that that would be definitely my uh my takeaway from it overall yeah no that's cool and there was lots of content as well and to be honest you know i think that's perhaps what some people were i don't know perhaps didn't tick their box because i don't think perhaps some of the content was exactly what they were expecting or, or, or perhaps right. was was their bag i guess but um pong same question to you then i guess my friend uh, yeah how did you find the show in general and, and what kind of score would you give it out of 10 yeah so if we're talking about the show overall so i've got some thoughts yeah. on this um there's a Look, first things first, all credit goes to Keeley and his team for what they mm-hmm. put together um, and for how they've grown as the industry has grown. We can all have discussions. We can have our own personal opinions about Keeley, but the man has pushed forward the visibility of gaming in a big way with this type of show. Okay, so first things first, credit to him and his team because they did a fabulous job. 
Um, yeah, it's well I thought, said, Pong. That, that is well said. I, I do have my criticisms with Kitty, but yes. that's really, really well said. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's important that everybody recognize. Again, however you personally feel about Keeley, that's fine. It, it, we can have those discussions. But at, at the end of the day, the overall impact that he's had is a net positive no matter what, okay? And it's a huge net positive for this industry as a whole, which means good things for us gamers, okay? So just want to start there. Um, the show itself, I thought, was fabulous, okay? I do look at every show, like Steele said, in a vacuum. Um, I don't judge them against other shows. I just look okay. for it. For what it was okay so i'm not comparing it to anything else um i thought they did a great job yes i thought it could have been about a half hour 45 minutes shorter um i think they could have trimmed it now just to give you all perspective uh mav fun speculation and i live stream this event mm -hmm. on pm and the pm on thursday night uh we went for a total of five hours okay so it turned into wow. pm and the am by the time we yeah. were done. all right so it was uh it was interesting, but we watched the whole entire thing. So, you know, good, bad, and ugly. We talked, you know, we talked kind of during some of the fluff stuff, which you're going to get with Keeley anyways. Mm -hmm. But again, I thought the pacing was very well done. I was scared that Keeley was going to go back to his older days when he first started this, where it was going to be more about the Hollywood glitz and glamour than it was actually about the games. Um, but he didn't do that. He kept the pacing up, I thought, fairly well. Yes, there was some parts where it got a little uh, poor, um, that there was too much advertising going on. I agree. The middle towards the end definitely had some of that in there. My biggest critique of this show is going to be that you are calling yourself the, the Game Awards. If you're not going to focus, I have zero problem. Look, me as a gamer, I, I'm there to watch for the, the games and to all the new stuff in the world premieres. I'm not you know, I don't necessarily care about the awards. I still listen to them and I like to guess and, and kind of play that game of who's going to win and whatever else. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm there to watch the content that they're bringing us, right? That's what yeah. I'm there for. And most people are. And he understands this, right? But this is supposed to be a moment where the industry kind of takes a night and you build yourself that way, where you're going to recognize the developers and like Steve was talking about, and you guys have all talked about at some time or another, the years and years and years of hard work that human beings are putting into mm -hmm. our entertainment. Right. Yep. So you're going to bill yourself that way. And that's how you started out, you know, and there's other game awards out there, you know, we got the BAFTAs and that kind of stuff, but those aren't big, right. You've, you've made yourself the center of this by doing good things. However, as the years have gone by, we get less and less about the awards and we get more and more about the money and we get more and more about the, the releases. I called it before the show. I, I, I think that this is approaching mini E3 levels at this point. Okay. Um, and, and, and that's fine. If he wants to go that route, I have zero issue. I'd love another E3 during the year. That's, mm -hmm. that's cool with me. We can do that. Right. But please then separate yourself from the awards right and then do something separate or just remove the awards okay because you're not you're not doing anything good um as far as bringing limelight to these people who have put in blood sweat and tears for content that we're enjoying they deserve more time to to not only cut these people short with like 15 to 30 seconds of of time to talk while they're accepting their awards uh you're also then putting like five awards together and just reading them off and mm. not even saying the names of the nominations. You're just yep. saying, and the nominations are, and then putting up a screen graphic and the winner is, and then a tie. 
that's disrespectful in my eyes. Yep. I, 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 I don't agree with it. Um, you know, Forza Horizon uh, 5 won for accessibility. And then while they announced the accessibility award, they're like, oh, by the way, it also took home the Racing and Sports Award. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff I do have a criticism with. Because, again, you are billing yourself as a games award show. I don't have a problem if you balance the two, if it's like, you know, closer to half and half, zero problem with that. But these people should be, these people are flying out there, many of them, to go to this award ceremony. It's their night. And they may all be sitting in the audience knowing that most of the people are watching the show for the the announcements themselves, for the game announcements. However, at the end of the day, it's still an opportunity for them to get up there and be able to thank the people that have been around them, that has helped them through this just like the Oscars, just like any other awards ceremony. You know, we don't get very many opportunities to get to know faces to our developers that make our favorite games. That's why we, you know, that's why the Kojimas stand out, the Todd Howards of the world. Those are so few and far between. Whereas movies, we know all the actors and actresses, right? We know many Mm -hmm. of the big time directors, right? If you want to move the industry forward and you want to put it in that kind of same boat, which it should be because it's the number one entertainment industry in the world now, and that's why it's getting the praise and the actual attention that it is, if you're going to do that, then let those people shine. Let them get out there in front of the camera. Let us see who is actually doing this work instead of just a name scrolling by when we finish the game, right, as a credit. Let us see that. Uh, So that's my one critique of the show um, when it comes to that. But for me as the gamer, the selfish person who is watching it for games, 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 for the person that believes this is the golden age of gaming, this show was off the charts good, okay? Yeah, there wasn't as many, like, big-time AAA things to show as I thought, but all the AA, all the indie stuff that we got, all the the, the surprise announcements that we got out of this, and it was you know, it was front heavy in the beginning of the show for sure. But even through the back end, there was some really good, good stuff in there. I was extremely excited and happy. My hype for this generation has gone up even further, which I didn't think was possible um, from this show. And I, I counted myself. I went through the list. 11 titles are now on my list that I had no idea existed okay. prior to the show. Mm. 11. Okay, that, that's a lot. That's not counting the mm. ones I knew about, right? That's just 11 new ones that I knew that, that I found out about that I'm excited for. So for me, it was a success. If I had to give it a score, uh, I, I've settled in at 8.5. I said I, I said okay. 8.8 uh, on PM and the PM, but I, I knocked it down a little bit as I went back and thought about it. 8.5, um, again, for the critiques that I did have, the pacing, too much advertising uh, towards the end, especially in the way he treated the awards. I did knock it down for that. But overall, again, the selfish person, the person who just went there to see new games, world premieres, trailers, all the good stuff. Man, I got everything in buckets when it comes to that. So I was happy when I walked away from that award show. You know what? I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, but surely as the summer game show side of things to be able to do those sort of promotions, I I really agree because, you know, if he wants to do that, then the Summer Games Fest thing is, is, the, is the place for that, in my opinion, because like you say, you know, the Game Awards should be about 
game awards and the games themselves rather than kind of everything else and like scott was saying you know particularly a movie tie-in as well that was just i'm just a little bit disappointed by that to be honest i you like i think it was ksente he was saying look you know let's, let's not be under any illusion the the game awards are a business first and foremost yeah, and you know absolutely. i get that oh, yeah, yeah. i get that 100%. you know got no problem with that at all and you know if there's some money to be made on the side uh, you know no problem whatsoever but yeah uh, that that whole kind of just flashing up on the screen the nominees are oh and by the way this is who won it it's like well you're not even pretending to try and make it about the game awards at that point it's just it is literally just about well kind of making money i mean i've got my cynical hat on to be honest you know i know he has a passion (laughs) for the industry and like you say i wouldn't be without it i am grateful for what he does but um, that is a critique I, w- I would certainly point mm-hmm. in, in that direction. Um, and it is, a, yeah. you know, let's face it, it is a fantastic platform. And to be honest, when you think about it, yeah. uh, Microsoft, Nintendo and Sony didn't really turn up. Um, I know we had, um, you know, we, we had a showing from all of them, but not not in a huge sort of way. I, I guess uh, uh, Hellblade Nintendo 2 didn't probably... didn't show up at all. <laughs> no, exactly. So uh, Hellblade yeah, 2 is probably the biggest... Was, was... Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to think what they actually what they actually brought. Flap. So Microsoft obviously brought Hellblade um, Two. Hellblade Two was a standout. Yeah. Sony, yeah. I guess they brought a Horizon Horizon trailer, yeah, but just you know, about. We, you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we've seen loads of that game now. Yeah. Um, Nintendo. Ooh, no, there was like it? two. There was anything? two sizzle reels, right, for Nintendo, and that was it. The Switch. Yeah, they, they didn't. They didn't bring anything. And one of their games yeah. was up for Game of the Year, and it won yeah. um, uh, Best Action Game. I, th- I think it was that that it ended up winning. So, but it's it, it is kind of difficult, isn't it? Because um, these guys know at least Nintendo and Microsoft. I mean, I know it's still quite far away, but June is E3 season. You know, they yeah. they want to they want to kind of keep their big hitters for for their own shows, um, and yeah, it is it, it's interesting because it, I, I think the game, the shows itself it's it's got it's it's having a little bit of an identity crisis, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much what what Pong was saying, yeah. um, and. Uh, but the thing is, I don't know what the solution is because Pong, I understand what you're saying, where you're thinking. Just take the awards out. If you're going to have an E3 show, yep. have an E3 show. If you're going to have an award show, have an award show. Um, but I think, and, and this is kind of Tequila's credit, is he he's not going to abandon the awards segment no. of uh, of the show because it is, it's important to him. And I think it is important that the, yeah. the games industry has this um, Oscars type moment that that obviously movies have. Um, but also at the same time, if it was just the awards, people aren't going to show up. You know, people aren't going to watch it. No. People will just wait until wait wait until the next day and and right. find. Well, out yeah, who, no, we we see that with like the also. Baftas, right? The Baftas, yeah. same thing. Nobody knows until they actually announce, and they're like, "Oh, that's right, the Baftas happened," and then we get the yeah. award winners, right? That's kind of the way it is. That's why I've said I think there is room for a second show here to be done somewhere like the end of February that includes the entire last year of gaming yeah. uh, that would be more focused on the awards more like the Oscars and giving people time to accept those awards, but also, also be able to show us some new stuff as well. Just not the extent that Keely mm. does. I think there is room because the industry is now big enough. It could support two of those shows that kind of focus on different things. Um, I think that the, the audiences would still show up now, whether or not the companies would show up is a whole nother question, because again, it's a little different 
getting a movie clip together to show than it is to get a demo of a game shown, right? Or a piece of gameplay. There's a lot more involved with that. So getting, you know, devs to support two shows might be a little much, but I think there is room for that. And I'd like to see something like that happen. Somebody else show up and kind of give it the same type of presence Keeley does um, just in a different way where the, the awards are more the focus versus all the, all the fluff and all the content and all that, the new world premieres and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like I say, I just hope he's learning and, and going forward, you yeah. know, things change. But um, let's uh, let's talk about some of the some of the winners and stuff, and let's perhaps go straight in with the Game of the Year award. Um, was there any sort of surprises there? Was anyone absolutely shocked that it takes two took the limelight on that one? Um, Scott, having played it, um, out it's really difficult for me, flat because out the games that were nominated, I personally would have given it Psychonauts two. Um, okay. Which I felt that was a little harshly treated. I can't believe they didn't come away with anything through, throughout the night, if I'm being completely honest. But also at the same time, it doesn't surprise me um, too much because it's it was essentially universally loved by yeah. pretty much everybody. Um, and I did kind of expect maybe one of the, the bigger games, you know, like a Ratchet or something like that to, to win personally. Um, so, but I, I was really pleased I'd get a game like that. One, because I think it's a couple of things. I mean, you know, people probably have their opinions about Joseph Farris, um, but obviously he's a very passionate game designer and he's a bit of a character and a personality in the industry. And his games do something different. And it's great that that type of game is not only celebrated and loved, but is kind of, you know, winning awards against these AAA games like, uh, like Ratchet um and secondly i hope it kind of um helps maybe influence the larger triple a publishers such as ea and um to take chances on these types of games you know ea have taken a lot of flack in the past because of you know their their, their focus on things like sports games and things like that but i think recently they've redeemed themselves ever so um well even just a little bit because they have focused on smaller in, indie titles um uh, whether you can call them indie or not i guess is another uh, as another matter but these smaller titles like lost and random and like it takes two and for them to get not only um, universal appraise on release um, success from a sales perspective, but also to be um, uh, to, to win awards at, at a show like this really shows that these are games that are worth investing in. So I, I wasn't surprised too much, um, but it's from my perspective, I did play an awful lot of the games on that on that list ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I kind of can't comment on, on some of them. But on the list, it would have been Sankonos 2 for me, but It Takes Two is a wonderful game. I played through with my partner over the course of a week and we really, really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I guess it's 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 a worthy a worthy winner. No, absolutely. And to be honest, I, I remember uh, I think I, I mentioned before you'd even said um, that you know I really like it takes two and that it's definitely worthy of a nomination. I'm really surprised it won actually. And I think Stubbs mentioned you know it's good that, a, that an indie game actually won the big award. Um, Pong, mm. what was your take on the winners? Uh, who would you have pitched first? Because I think it was such a a closely run uh, mm. race yeah. this year. Probably closer than I can ever remember. It was. It was a wide open year. This was the year that anything could have won and anything did win. Uh, I didn't play It Takes Two. It's. I just don't do platformers. I played through Psychonauts. I didn't finish it, but I. You know, again, I love that game a lot. I love the writing. I love Tim Schafer. So I. 
but I just don't do platformers anymore. But everybody around me played X Takes Two, right? So everybody and everybody told me that it is a great game. And I watched, uh, you know, uh, Mav and Caitlin play over on Speculations Channel and how great it was um, yeah. and how much fun they were having. So I get a general feel for it. I personally thought Psychonauts 2, this was the year that they would finally give uh, Tim and his team over there uh, some some laurels, right? Because they've deserved it. How much they've contributed to the industry over the decades. That was a fabulous game. It was their first game where they got to do exactly what they wanted because they didn't have a time constraint. They didn't have a resource constraint being underneath Xbox. And I thought it shined. And I thought this was the year because it was such a wide open race. However, I will say I'm happy that It Takes Two got it. If 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 Psychonauts 2 wasn't going to win, I, I would have said I'm, I'm, I'm happy for It Takes Two because like Scott just said, it, it, you know, like you were just talking about flat, but Stubbs was saying uh, it's great to see an indie take home the big title in yeah, an absolutely. open year kind of race because this doesn't happen very often where we don't have a year where one, two or three big home run hitter triple a titles comes out and everybody's talking about them nonstop. It's very rare that we don't that we had this year was filled with quality, right? This was Mm -hmm. quality and quantity. It was great year for gaming. If you look at it, unless you're just looking for triple a home runs and you might felt it wasn't very, it was lacking a little bit this year, but overall this year was just a great year of gaming, but there was just not, those one, two or three big time standouts that kind of ran away with things. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, for it takes two to step in, get it, you know, Ferris, uh, he's a great dude from all accounts, Uh, you know, love his enthusiasm and his energy. Um, So, you know, you love to see that. I, you know, I personally do. I love the little guys winning. Um, So no, that was great. Uh, I was a little surprised though. I was a little surprised um, that, that, I kept seeing Psychonauts get passed over in the other awards. And so I started mm. to get that feeling like, okay, maybe they're giving a game of the year. Cause you know, that does happen, right? If, yep, if something's absolutely. not going to win game of the year, they'll give yep. it another award to say, Oh, yeah. thanks. You know, you know, you know, we couldn't give you give it game of the year, but we'll give you this one instead. That does happen. So I thought Psychonauts two was going to sneak in there uh, this yeah. year, but it just didn't. Um, but I was at that point then once it takes two, I was like, all right, happy, you know, Ferris. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, they really snubbed Psychonauts 2 out of this shit. Didn't they they <laughs> yeah. really did they that. Did, yeah. And Tim and his crew, man, some of the greatest creators on the face of this planet when it comes to just creative thought and what they put in their game. I, you really did that this year, didn't you? <laughs> so yeah, I know it's kind of disappointed. I think it getting nominated those at least. Yeah you know, acknowledgement of, of the game pong, uh, which I'm sure that they, they would have been um, pleased about, you know, this we got to remember, this was a game that was kickstarted yeah. originally. Um, and the first game, while it was kind of like a bit of a cult classic, it wasn't that widely yes. well received. Correct. And then th- this game, you know, people uh, have loved it, you know, and it's, it's probably important to mention, I know we're talking specifically about the game was, but I think Psychonauts 2 uh, is in a lot of people's own personal sort of game of the year list. And there's one one another, mm. so I do think that's at least good for um, for for those guys. Um, uh, honestly, I think it works both ways, though. Pong, I think um, because when Metroid Dread won Best Action Game, I think it was. I was like, right, well, that's not getting Game of the Year. I yep. kind of felt that's the exactly similar thing there. Exactly what um, yep. <laughs> but the one thing that I thought is with Deathloop was kind of sweeping up, and I yeah, was like, yeah. oh, Death, it's Deathloop. The amount of awards this game's getting, this this is 
that this this is going to take it and i kind of resigned myself to death again and i'm not paid played death loop so I, I can't really comment on whether it would have been a worthy winner or not i'll make that make that clear but just as it was sort of picking up some of these awards some that i didn't necessarily agree with like best art direction for example yeah, yeah um, i thought all right yeah this, this is this is gonna uh, yeah that, that that should have been uh, the artful escape by artful escape yes, yeah yeah Yep. Um, I, I was like, "Oh, Deathloop's sweeping up tonight." You no, know, this is this is the one that that's that's going to win it. So it was a pleasant surprise. I think not that Deathloop wouldn't have been a worthy winner, um, and, and you know, I'm pleased for for the for the team there that they won the awards that they did. But yeah, it was was a bit of a surprise. I think Deathloop got all those awards, Scott, because uh, these were all a lot of this group that votes on this stuff would have been the same journalists that were calling it a masterpiece yeah. and doing all that. Mm -hmm. So all of those that could not give it game of the year that they had decided they were going to go elsewhere or were really making up for it for Deathloop because they had all come out and said it's a masterpiece. It's going to be taught in schools about how to create a video <laughs> game. I mean, all those kind of praise that they gave it, but at the end of the day, they couldn't quite give it game of the year. So they were like, oh, I'll vote for it here. I'll vote for it here. I'll vote for it. Okay, now I made up for that. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what it was. Right. <laughs> No, absolutely. Well, Steele, let's let's come to you next. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, any any other surprises uh, with the sort of nominations and winners at all? Because, like you said, I think best art direction I found strange was uh, was Deathloop, to be honest. But uh, anything else that took by surprise at all? Um, as far as like what took uh, took surprise, I know for best uh, best indie game, I know I I was more leaning towards Death's Door. Um, okay. But I I also mentioned Kana in that. Um, I was leaning more towards Death, but. I am glad to see that Kana won again for those who haven't played Kana Bridge of Spirits. If you have an opportunity, I would definitely say give it a run, man. Um, it's a beautiful story, excellent gameplay. Um, it's just a, a marvelous game overall, beautiful game. Um, I know a lot of people like to make fun of the rod or whatever, call them roaches or whatever the case might be. And honestly, like it's one of those things to where um, when you actually experience the game, you realize the cuteness of them. And now them being called the rot um, does kind of turn, does kind of like turn you off a little bit, but there's semblance <laughs> to the story for why they're called that. Um, and it explains it throughout it and everything. So I thought that was an amazing thing. Um, as far as everything else, um, the only other thing that surprised me, I believe uh, was the best performance performance um oh, but really? again yeah just from what i've seen from resident evil itself there was nothing there necessarily um even if it was uh lady Demetrask or whatever her name is i haven't mm. played resident evil so i honestly oh. can't say oh it wasn't that great or whatever the case i just kind of figured it would end up going to john carlo esposito just because of him as an overall actor um, has always been great in every single thing that he does. Um, from what I've seen from Far Cry, um, it looked like he did end up nailing that one too. Uh, so that was surprising. But everything else, I mean, it was pretty much in right in line with any, anybody else's anticipation. I'm pretty sure that I know me and Pong kind of went over it the, the weekend prior, and well, we pretty much nailed. 80% of it. At, Cyberpunk should have gotten best soundtrack. Except Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, that was... Should have gotten I, best soundtrack. I felt like that was a snub. Yeah. Um, what, <laughs> what, what, did, what ended up getting it for best near, soundtrack? Near Replicant. See... Mm -mm, not compared to that Cyberpunk. Uh, <laughs> I can... I understand. You're like, no, I'm right there with you. Now, for near, I can understand that. Um, because I have, because my my wife loves Nier, and mm -hmm. I and I can so when I'm sitting here playing the game with her, she's knee yeah, deep into that oh, music. It's it's an amazing. I'm like, oh, yeah. turn that up a little bit. Let me hear that. Yeah. And and I I love the music in Nier, um, especially in the Automata. Is that one's also amazing. But yeah, um, 
I, I guess that makes sense. But yeah, other than that, nothing else really surprising. No, fair enough. And to be honest, like you say, it was such a close run race this year. There, you know, there are, you know, I think everyone could pitch an argument as to why, you know, uh, a certain game should or shouldn't win a particular category. Right. Um, I'm just really, like Stubb said, I'm really pleased that an indie game actually won that top slot because when I mentioned Scott, yeah. um, like I've already said, you know, when I said, you know, it takes two, uh, you know, it, it should be certainly nominated. I had no dreams that it would mm. actually ever win it. And the fact that it has, it's, it, I'm really torn because I, I mean, I absolutely adored Ratchet and Clank. I loved um, Psychonauts 2 and I really loved playing It Takes Two. I played it with my daughter on and off. Probably took us four or five sessions and nice. just the creativity of that game and just the bits and how how you interact together. I, I can't think of any other games where it's so imaginative with how you interact with each other and it's a really good kind of um, entry game perhaps for, for some people um, because it's a fantastic story. Uh, the controls aren't, you know, ridiculously difficult. Um, good entry game. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm really pleased that it did, to be honest. Um, what was some of the other things? We had Best Indie, yeah, Keener Bridge of Spirits. Um, I really enjoyed that. I, I, I have to be honest, out of that and Death's Door, I think I enjoyed Keener more, if I'm honest. I'm not surprised 12 minutes didn't win it. Um, best Action <laughs> Game. Um, yeah. We haven't got Luke here. Has anyone on the panel played Returnal, that, that one best action game? It beat Far Cry 6, Deathloop, Shivery 2, and Back for Blood. Um, uh, no, I have not played it. I do think that's kind of strange, though. Um, it kind of leans to the credence of the Game Awards themselves again. Mm. Um, when you see, I mean, you saw it with Forza, now you're seeing it with this, um, where I'm not saying that Returnal is not a good game or whatever the case, but for a game that didn't do well overall in sales, that didn't quite make sense to me, especially when a lot of the complaints are how difficult the game was and everything else, and it being more of a niche title. It just it didn't make sense for that winner. But, I mean, to each their own, I haven't played it myself. But, hey. Yeah, I think Returnal was was quite the critical hit, though, I think. And, and obviously, yeah, the people yeah. who are voting for this are, would have been the people that were still rating it quite, quite highly when, when it came to reviews. But I think it does kind of highlight maybe um, kind of what uh, we've touched on a little bit already is kind of like how maybe the vote went down because right. um, Returnal wasn't nominated for Game of the Year, to, to Luke's dismay. Um, <laughs> but it, it was winner of Best Action Game. Exactly. Um, Ahead of Deathloop, which was yeah. nominated for Game of the Year, and they're both action games. <laughs> which, from what uh, I've yeah. heard, has a lot more had a lot more hype behind it. Like Pong said, "Oh, it's going to be this is going to be the game they're going to teach every." Why didn't Deathloop get it? Yeah, but Deathloop won Best Game Direction. That Returnal was also voted in, but also the Best Game Direction had It Takes Two and Psychonauts Two and Ratchet. Right, so right. I, I do kind of get a sense a little bit of, as we kind of said, I think people maybe look at what they voted for in other categories and kind of feel like they want to give a game representation in, in a category. So while Deathloop might be their game of the year, their best action game might be another one, despite the fact that Deathloop is also in, in, that, in that category because they right. wanted the game that didn't get nominated for game of the year or vice versa to yeah. kind of, to get that recognition, if, if, if that makes sense. It was a little And Psychonauts 2 should have won best direction, right? Uh, <laughs> they, should, they should have slipped that one in there instead of Deathloop <laughs> again. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, kind of like kind of like y'all said though. I mean, you could kind of argue the winners and everything, yeah, exactly. um, but it just kind of yeah. holds credence to there should be a better way to do these awards because there's also other games that should be in these conversations that aren't there. 
which that I don't get necessarily either. But it, I mean, to each their own. Hopefully, it'll continue to get better uh, as we move forward. Fantastic. Uh, Scott, have we got some comments that we just need to quickly go through? I've got another bombshell I want to throw the panel just quickly. But, Uh-oh. Scott, before oh, I do, okay. yeah, yeah. S- Scott, uh, have we got any um, any chat that we need to get yeah, through? D- definitely. So, um, we have um, the Gina who says um, they really need to sack off the musical pieces. I guess that's in uh, when we talk about the length of the show. Um, Steel Rain, you're not going to like this, but Santa BMG um, said Sonic <laughs> should be taken to a van and put down, which no, uh, yeah, no. yeah, I really disagree oh, with. B- BMG, yeah. you, you, you're causing some beef there, mate. Can we'll we block him? Is there any way to block him? <laughs> it's crazy. Don't worry, he's already had his moderator privileges for, both, uh, for that one. So. Um, <laughs> BMG also says that he thought the show opened strong, but the last hour was a snooze fest until the Matrix yeah. bit. Um, I think Flappy mentioned this, but Stubbs mentioned it was good that uh, an indie game won. Uh, that that was mm, big that indie game one one game of the year um and then i've just seen one from indie that's come through there which is kind of touching on what we've just been saying which is uh if one game won all the categories it would be boring but yeah i, I think is i think is is very fair you know when one game kind of just sweeps up every award it is it is a bit boring isn't it so um it's good well, that it, there's some variety in the winners it, this year it would be boring but if that game deserved it then then that should you know it that shouldn't it. be a yeah. that shouldn't be a blocker <laughs> yeah. for it to happen um, yeah, and we've seen that in movies before, where a movie yeah. sweeps awards, right? Yeah. Because it's so good. So if that was, the, I mean, again, this year isn't that. Ca- there was so many good games that you just and that's drive. and that's exactly this is yeah exactly the fact that one game didn't wipe the board is isn't a testament to how one game absolutely dominated. It was just how great mm-hmm. all of the games in these categories were. It really was yeah. each one. You could really put an argument as to there was only a couple of sort of outliers. You still think, blimey, really? Why are they in that category? But it was fantastic. And uh, well, let's go with this bombshell. And we'll go through each one quickly. So, you know, let's let's put, go into speculation town a little bit, and uh, you know, be used to that on, um, on fun speculation show. Let's talk about rainbows and unicorns. Let's go. Yeah, well, let's, let's go. talk about 2022 because um, you know, let's assume that Ragnarok is coming next year. I think lots of people think that it might not, oh, okay. to be honest. But let's assume it is. So we're going to have Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Starfield, <laughs> and guys, do you think Halo would actually sit in next year's Game Awards potentially? I mean, obviously, mm. it kind of should. But whether it would or not, I don't know, guys. What are your thoughts on on next year's Game of the Year award? Given those titles, I guess, and I've, uh, I've got four off the top of my head. So yeah, I guess I'll kind of I'll kind of run run it down first because I don't have too much to say. But um, just based off of previous experience, if Star Wars Fallen Order wasn't going to win, Halo's not going to get going next year. Um, Fallen Order is another game that I, I felt like was snubbed and it should have rolled into the next year, um, and it didn't. And I feel like this, it's the same thing going to be with Halo. Um, they're not going to treat it that way. Um, it fell outside the, the time. And that's what kind of makes it unfortunate. Um, I really wish that the awards would be set up February, some or like end of January, middle of January, just so we can fit everything within there. Uh, but I, I guess that's a two-easter own thing. What do you guys think? Well, look, on, okay, Here, here's where I'll push back on you, Steel, a little bit. Difference between Jedi mm. Fallen Order and Halo is Halo's ongoing, right? We're going to be getting continuous updates for Halo with all new content and all sorts of stuff. So it's going to be fresh in people's minds all through the year. So if people honestly believe that it is that good, it might even have a chance to get better this year as we add mm-hmm. things like co-op and, and forge and that kind of stuff that's missing right now. It may actually do enough for itself where they actually throw it in there. 
right? Um, wow. If they believe it's good enough, right? So that's mm. the one pushback I'd have on that. But I agree with you, generally speaking, um, that's the case. We saw Hitman 3 get snubbed this year that's from it, any yeah. nominations. Uh, mm. That game deserves some nominations as well. Um, not talking about winning, just talking about nominated. It deserves some credit for being a great, great, fantastic game. Um, but I think that next year is going to be an uphill battle if we're mm-hmm. specifically talking about Halo, because there's, there's a lot of games. We, if all of them hit again, we're assuming a lot here. So if all of them hit from past history, we can look at a lot of these studios and say, yeah, it's going to come out and it's going to crush, right? It's going to be a home run. So if that happens, it's going to be an uphill battle because you're going to have those four that you name flap. Uh, obviously I'm hoping Starfield. I hope Starfield does not get the fours or horizon five treatment, but I don't think Todd Howard is going to get that treatment. I think if uh, Starfield hits, they will make sure they put it in there because it's Todd Howard. Okay. It's Bethesda. Um, but if you got those four, think about all the small games. We've got stalker two uh, coming out in February, you know, uh, that could hit. We've got a uh, red fall coming out in the summer uh, from arcane. That could be a surprise hit uh, as True. well. If anybody's going to change the looter shooter genre and bring something different, it's going to be arcane. That could be a huge hit uh, as well. Uh, so there's enough stuff. Uh, I mean, we've got a four, well, Forza Motorsport 8 will never be up for game of the year. We already know that. But anyways, there's so much that we don't know in there. Breath of the Wild 2 could sneak in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. I think it's going to be an uphill battle for Halo. If the ones that we even know are coming hit well, it's going to be an uphill battle. But if they don't, if one of them slips up, Halo could take that final spot in the nominations just because it's in everybody's fresh in everybody's mind next year. Yeah, potentially. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If they release some story content or something that uh, before that time too, that could definitely be lead credence to that. So I, I, yeah, I definitely feel you on that. It's just, I, I, maybe I'm just jaded because of what I've kind of experienced within this decade where Halo always gets the short end of the stick um, when it comes down to it. So it getting put into that conversation, just kind of seeing how people have been uh, a lot of the games earlier on in the year, just get left behind and forgotten about not saying that's going to be the case with Halo. Of course not. Um, But I just feel like there's going to be a lot more that it would need to do to get fitted in that conversation. So unfortunately but yeah oh, no. no absolutely well the, the other two that i had written down i think you mentioned in poll was uh, stalker 2 and dying light 2 as well be interesting to see yeah dying light yeah dying light 2 yeah yeah it looks good too yeah but those are early year ones again too mm-hmm. uh the minute i said soccer 2 i'm like yeah ooh, but that's, that's early in the year and we saw yeah. what happened to hitman i mean it it, it, it stinks it, it really does stink but that early year stuff unless you are gigantic unless you explode on the yeah. scene it's really hard to squeeze in at the end of the year uh, for those awards. Yeah, absolutely. What, what games well, did you list, Flap, again? Uh, so I've got Ragnarok, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Starfield, Halo potentially, Stalker 2, and Dying Light 2. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, Pong mentioned it, but, you know, you've got um, uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that's that's, that's um, mm. hopefully going to be coming out next year. Elden Ring which uh, I don't think anyone's mentioned just yet, is also in, in, in February. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got wow. games like A Plague Tale. That that was shown like off a little bit during, during the game. Words, game was, 2022 is, is a huge year, isn't it? Wow. Hey, yeah, it's supposed it's, to be it's, dead, it's man. It's massive. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be ridiculous <laughs> next next year. Um, and that, that's just the games that we know about. 
you know, I'm sure there's going to be some games that are announced yeah. early next year to come out towards the end of the year. Um, yeah, it's going to it, next year is going to be is going to be ri- ridiculous, and I think for that reason, I don't think Halo will be in that conversation. Um, I think it'll be in the ongoing game conversation, and obviously, providing yeah. they actually fulfill their uh, the promises on that, I think it, it will likely take that. Um, I know it's a bit early to, to call an award next next year this this soon, but um, I think there's a good chance it will because I kind of think that that'll be their way of almost redeeming themselves, if that makes sense, for Halo not really being able to be nominated this year. And because it's kind of a 2021 game, it's probably not going to be in the conversation for 2022. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. But, yeah, 2022, and then not to get ahead too much, but 2023 as well, Like the, the, mm. they're going to be nuts years. I genuinely think that those two years are going to be two of the best years in gaming ever. I think those two years will be spoken about as some of the best years to, to ever have been in terms of game releases. Well, Pong So hashtag uh, golden years of gaming. Absolutely, we did uh, we did that as a topic uh, a few weeks ago. And, yeah, we uh, did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And like I say, I really enjoyed twenty twenty one. What a great year twenty twenty one was. I know there were some delays, and to be honest, there were some things pushed back into twenty twenty one that we actually got. Obviously, Halo being probably the the main culprit of that, and, and and finally and thankfully, it's finally here. You know, not not in its complete final state, as you said. Uh, it will evolve as the year goes on. But uh, wow, well, thank you very much. I think that wraps up our our first hour of the show and our first topic. We do try and run a two hour show, so we've got to squeeze the next two topics in in the next sure. sixty minutes if we can. Chat. <laughs> thank you very much. I love the chat. You do challenges. You challenge each other. It's what it's all about. These are all opinion pieces. Um, you know, there are some facts out there they are very difficult to substantiate sometimes without perhaps, you know, quoting people and, and putting um, references to where we've got this information from. So a lot of this is opinion pieces. And uh, yeah, I just love the fact that we all get involved. So let's, uh, yeah, let's crack on with topic two. And uh, I will disclose that we will try to keep as many spoilers out of this as we can. Let's try and keep it spoiler free if we can. But this is uh, just our game review of, of um, Halo Infinite, really, the, the campaign. And perhaps, you know, without going too much into the story side of things, just perhaps how we feel the gameplays, the enemies, gunplay, graphics, all of those sort of things. Um, Scott, you are our resident Halo fan. Um, One of the two resident Halo fans. Sadly, Luke can't be with us today, but uh, let's let you open with this then. What what are your general impressions and what score, again, would would you give it out of 10 in its current state? Oh, hmm. that that last question's a little a little it's a little oh. tricky because <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's really difficult to to give it a score. I'd rate it very highly. Um, I think, however, the maybe some of the issues with the multiplayer do drag it down. So I, if I was to review this game personally, I'd probably review it twice. I'd, I'd give kind of a score for multiplayer, a, a score for for campaign, um, because I think there's two very different games, especially with multiplayer being a, a live service game at the minute as well, but also the campaign. Um, without getting too much into um, spoiler territory, I kind of think there is still more of this story to tell, um, mm-hmm. which is going to continue to to evolve. Um, so I guess first things first, to put it up there, to put it out there, I'll certainly put it Ooh, 
<laughs> it's it's really tough. I'm a massive fan of a massive massive fan of Halo, but I'd I'd put this up there with Halo Two as my favorite Halo game out of all of the okay, out of all wow. of the Halo games. That's wow. that's that's how highly I, I, I rate. Um, they do a couple of things really really well in in this mm-hmm. game. So first of all, I think we can all agree we all know this from the from the multiplayer. The gameplay is top notch it really is top tier um the, the way that the way that it plays um the open world nature or you know large world nature of it i think is is great exploring a halo is just fun uh, and as someone right. who's um a, a, again a big halo fan and into the law of halo kind of just exploring the different elements meeting all these different enemies um is, is great and it's kind of almost mm-hmm. like um it's it's it, Halo CE, but a modern day version of it. You know, it's kind of how I remember Halo CE being. But you know, if I was to go by, it wouldn't be quite how how I remembered it. Um, and also from a story perspective, I think they've did a really good job. Um, um, in a couple of areas in, in terms of telling its own story, but also wrapping up some of the loose ends from previous games. I'll not say any more, any, any more than that. Um, Cause I appreciate some on the panel, obviously some, some in chat won't have completed yet, but I think they've did a, a really, really good job overall. And, uh, I think 343 really deserve credit because they've created mm. something that rivals anything that Bungie did in, in this, in this universe. Okay. Wow. Um, and I, and I don't think mm. that That's they're going to get credit indeed. from. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people, um, they don't like the direction that that 343 took with, with Halo. Mm-hmm. And I'd agree with that. Although I did mm-hmm. really enjoy four's campaign. Didn't mm-hmm. like the multiplayer. Didn't like Five's campaign, but love the multiplayer. I think this is kind of a sweet spot of both of those, where they've nailed the campaign. They're telling a, a fantastic story that focuses on 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 Master Chief. Um, it's uh, it it has some really good character development with Chief, where you kind of it, it, it's really difficult to say too much with, with without spawning elements of uh, of the story. But th- there's a lot of character development there that I think you didn't get in Five because you basically didn't play <laughs> as Chief essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but the the main thing about the whole game is it's just bloody fun. Whether you're trying to be like Spider Man grappling through the the mountains, or whether you're driving a wasp or a warthog, um, or whether you're hunting down a elite with a hammer, the game's just unbelievable fun to play and like i say i really enjoyed the story i think they've done some really good stuff there in terms of wrapping up some loose ends from previous games and also setting up future content um and the multiplayer we spoke about length in the past is is fantastic as well bar obviously some issues with maybe battle pass progression and playlist and things like that they've, they've done they really really have done an, an an awesome job but i'd love to hear the the rest of you guys thoughts yeah, absolutely. Let's let's come to well, let's go to this Pong next. But I, I, I <coughs> graphically for me, it's not the best game in the world. I don't think anyone pretends that it is. It's 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 more than adequate. That's for God's sure. But um, I just love the gunplay in this game. I love it so much. It it, it works so well, um, and it just feels right as well. They've really nailed nailed the gunplay and the traversal of the maps. I think the grapple hook. I, I've had more fun with the grapple hook in in Halo Infinite than I have probably any other game, and that includes the Arkham games and stuff like that as well. Absolutely love traversing the map with that grapple hook. Uh, Pong, let's come to you next, my friend. Yeah, what, what's your overall impression of um, of Halo Infinite? And again, what would you give it, a, give it a score out of 10? Yeah, let's see here. Where to begin? Uh, look, uh, the running joke is because I say it every time I talk about Halo. I'm a casual <laughs> Halo fan for everybody who doesn't know. So I've played them all. Just it never grabbed me the way it's grabbed others, obviously, in, in, in this community and outside. Not this Star community, Wars. Obviously. Yeah, it's not Star Wars. <laughs> uh, but I do enjoy. I've enjoyed I each one of them for their own 
right. you know, space and time, right? I, I, I really have. Um, Halo Infinite, uh, ODST is my favorite one, by the way, of all time. Um, okay. And uh, that that tells you a lot because most people go, what? <laughs> so, but anyways, ODST is my favorite just because it was so different um, as far as an experience goes and as a story that they were telling um, outside of Chief, right? Right. Uh, but I've okay. got to say this right now as it stands, I've got about eight hours into the campaign um, on Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite is tracking to be my, my favorite Halo of all time. Um, and, uh, I understand why this is getting universal praise. Uh, this game, uh, really, look, there's a lot of thoughts here that I have on it just from the outside looking in, because I, I'm, I'm not such a super fan. Um, so I do have different opinions on this. This is closer to, I think Joseph state and the original Bungie teams, uh, vision that they yep. had when they first created halo right nice. this is closer yep. to exactly what they Good wanted point. to do it's just that tech would not allow them right back yeah. then Good point. um and i think that that right there is why this is is such a great experience because i really think it lends well to the entire lore behind halo and the entire feeling that you're supposed to have being this you know giant of a man running around in armor almost in super superhuman fashion with these incredible weapons taking on hordes of enemies by yourself you're supposed to have that for lack of a better term that infinite feeling right that that unlimited ability and i think the open world the semi-open world that they've now been able to give us really does that in a spectacular way uh like you said flap the grapple shot uh, and the traversal in this game changes everything. Mm, um, it feels, I like the linear aspects. Look, with the, you know, and again, no spoilers, but, you know, most people already know the kind of the, the way it goes. The first couple levels that give you that old Halo feel were really cool. And I like that, right? That was awesome. But then when the game opens up, that is where it really shines. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I prefer traversing with the grapple shot over vehicles. And that's saying a lot, right? Oh, me too. That is, absolutely. yeah, it, it's it's absolutely incredible to see a spot and say, hey, I can get there, especially once you yep. upgrade the grapple shot, right? I can get there, no problem. Or even if, I, even if I'm questioning whether or not I'm going to get there, I'm going to try it anyway just to yep. see if I can pull it <laughs> off, right? <laughs> I've got so I, many I love, <laughs> I love that aspect. And the gunplay, as always, is as polished as you're going to get in a game. And that obviously is so important to what, you're doing uh you know in all these battles and they have not lost anything and obviously we found that out in the flightings early on this is some of the best feeling shoot you know gunplay that we've had out of 343 they really have polished it up it was always good by by mm, no stretch yeah. of the imagination am i saying it was bad but it, they really tightened it up uh every gun has punch every gun has a different feel to it um in this open world again just the ability to approach different objects objectives uh, or or missions or whatever you're taking on or even right. just a random group of enemies to be able to approach them from any means necessary that you mm -hmm. want to use any but look the, the the world is littered with weapons okay yep. any weapon yeah. you want to get like you could pretty much have like there's a point in time and i think mav said this the other night on, uh, on xbox ultimate it's actually annoying to only have two slots because i gotta uh, decide which two weapons i want to yep. carry around <laughs> it, it sucks uh so yeah, no, I love 
this. I love where the story's going, even though I'm not heavily invested and deep into the lore as some people are. I love how the story is progressing. I know some people have had some qualms with it, and that's always going to be a point of discussion, especially amongst the hardcore Halo fans. Again, people have their own ideas about where stories are supposed to go, and I get that. You know, had many examples of that in my lifetime. What Disney's done to Star Wars, I can't agree with, but whatever. At the end of the day, I think for me, the story is good. Um, I think the the addition of Joseph Staten and bringing mm-hmm. back that stability and that old school Halo knowledge that right. he has from writing the books, he wrote lots of the lore from Halo, right? So this guy knows it inside and out. That is all apparent when you're playing this game. Um, so I think this sets up Halo if they are truly going to try to go through with this 10-year plan, which can be discussed whether or not that's reasonable, whether or not that's something that's going to happen. If they're truly going to go to it, Halo Infinite sets that stage perfectly. And they are going to be Mm. able to expand upon this in so many different ways that this is just, and Steele and I talked about this on Saturday. This is for me, this says to me that Microsoft and Xbox are finally doing what everybody's wanted them to do with Halo which is try to make it as big as Star Wars or Star Trek or name any kind of big yep. sci-fi genre-defining story out there. Halo yep. already has that lore built. They've mm-hmm. just never done a lot with it. But now we see the Halo TV series. We see a Halo Infinite with a 10-year plan, supposedly. Look, if all this stuff hits right, all the Halo fans, even the casuals like myself, are going to get things that they've always wanted. I do not doubt if the TV show takes off, we get a major motion picture out of it. Okay. It's time. Halo is here. Now the King has returned to the top. All the people that forgot why Halo was such a phenomenon back in the day are getting blindsided and slapped upside the head. And like, now you remember, Oh, that's why this is why it's a great story. It's a great world. It's a great universe to explore in. And this infinite right here is hitting all the right notes for a large majority of the halo community which is the hardest thing to do because it can be very divisive and it has been very divisive in the past with different decisions made three four three and let's again this whole three four three versus bungee thing there's a lot of bungee at three four three so a lot of that dna is still there Look, they finally put it all together, gave us a multiplayer and a single player experience that are both top tier Halo experiences and brought the entire community for them for the most part together. There's criticism out there. They're working on things. But for the most part, everybody is saying from what I've been hearing, this is one of the best Halos they've ever played already. So that's just going to continue to grow as the years go by, especially if they're expanding upon it. Love what they did. Congratulations to 343. Rocky road to get to this point, but they Mm -hmm. pulled it out at the end and they should get all the credit that they do deserve over there. Um, And, um, you know, it's made me a happy camper playing through it. So I I love it. No, I I feel exactly uh, the same. Score wise, if I had to score it, I think all the, I think the reviews have been spot on. I would give this right around probably an 87, 88. I I think Mm -hmm. spot on. I do, I will say this just to end. Sorry, I know I'm carrying on, but this is what I, I do. Um, I will say to end this, co-op was needed for this game. And that's my okay. one point that I know people won't agree with me on because Halo, for most people, is a single-player experience first, and then you do co-op and Legendary, unless you're Steel, who is just a superhuman <laughs> and he, 
He does <laughs> legendary out the gates by himself. Uh, look, for most people, I know Halo is a single player experience, but this world right here, and if what we heard, you know, from Schreier's reporting that originally this was going to be a massive open world um, that they really wanted to have, I, I believe that this game as core was meant to be played with other people, one to three other Spartans along with you because the chaos that you could create having one to three Spartans with you. Wow. That every time I'm attacking a base or it's, you know, different positions or whatever the case, I go, man, how great would it be to have steel up in a wasp overhead yeah. right now? Mm -hmm. Just yeah. laying down, fire. you know, it'd be so much fun. So I cannot wait until co-op is implemented because then I think the game actually jumps to another level yep. and is going to feel like a fresh, especially if they go back in like steel saying it'd be very easy on legendary with, with help. Um, I think if they up the AI, if they increase the amount of enemies that are appearing, drop ships, all that kind of stuff, really ramp it up, man, co-op would be one heck of an experience to go through on this. Uh, so I cannot oh. wait for that as well. Absolutely agree. And, you, you know, imagine how difficult that decision to drop co-op must have been yeah. for 343 and probably the pressure they were under from Microsoft as well, because, you know, mm -hmm. I can imagine them sitting around the table saying, look, you know, we need another four months in the oven to get this game out the door. And I can just imagine, you know, Phil Spencer, yeah. or the, you know, just, <laughs> you don't have four months. It is going out. You've got an extra three weeks or whatever the delay was. Do you know what I mean? That's all you can have. It <laughs> must come out this side of Christmas. After Phil just had the talk with Satya last year, yeah, Satya, yeah, that exactly. you know that hundred million dollars yeah. plus we spent on marketing, we're gonna have to scrap that. I'm sorry, Again. they need another yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I can imagine that was a really difficult conversation. I absolutely agree that that um, campaign co-op will make this game seem so different and just play so much better as well with two people. And because, like you say, you know the traversal, I love it because you know there could be a, a base the other side of a mountain, and you, you you have the option of going around the mountain or you have the option of going up the mountain Ooh. and sniping <laughs> from the top which is kind of my preference really i love the snipers in this game yep. um so for someone who plays these games on legendary steel go on give us your take what, what do you make of it <laughs> um i'll start kind of like from the beginning i played every halo um solo legendary uh, to initially just get that feel for the game most of the time i do that is to get the feel for the game before i just jump into multiplayer this time around is completely opposite where i got that feel for multiplayer before i got that feel for campaign okay. um so from the multiplayer uh i was definitely already a thousand percent invested because the gameplay was tighter than it had ever felt uh, since I mean, you want to use Halo Two and Three. I think it feels w even way better than that. Um, I just I think we we reminisce, we recall, and we can try to bring back some of those feelings. So that's kind of what we go to, back to. Um, I'm going to stay on the hill that this is the best Halo has ever felt. Uh, period. Okay. Um, for the so I would only I only expected that to get carried over into the campaign. Um, I was telling people in the background, man, the more and more I play this multiplayer, the more and more I get excited for the campaign. And to my amaze from the start of the game, and I know for some people it's kind of controversial where they feel a little bit differently, but from the start of the game, I was 100% invested. And that's, I feel, is always an integral part to any game, not just Halo, but it's something that, 343 had to nail overall. Um, I know Scott Kane kind of made some of those points too, where you know you had Halo 4 and 5, where that's also divisive for me. I enjoyed both. Um, I do recall saying oh, I don't feel the feel great about four's multiplayer, but now when you go back to it in Master Chief Collection, mm. I've caught myself saying, 
this game actually feels a lot better than I remember it. I agree. And then when yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it was the feel of Halo Four. Sorry to interrupt that. Um, oh, I don't think it was the feel because I think yeah, when we went back and played some Master Chief Collection for the Halo tournament when we were doing mm-hmm. some practicing, right. um, even as somebody who much prefers two and three over over four, mm-hmm. uh, and it's probably I should probably state that as kind of how I remember them. You know, right. that obviously when when they were when they came out, mm-hmm. um, I'd even say now four definitely holds up much better than two uh two and three although i would say halo 2 anniversary kind of does brought, brought it back uh, yeah is, yeah is is better than four because obviously yeah. they've they, they modernized it ever, ever right. so much i think the problem that they had with four's multiplayer mm-hmm. is and i think maybe some people um had this criticism of five and maybe some people have said similar things about infinite is um halo two and three well one two and three they were kind of like trendsetters in that space they were yeah. almost revolutionary in 100%. the things that they brought to to the multiplayer experience and what four did was kind of go down the route of being more call of duty uh, you know with things like loadouts and things right. like that which were not halo the, the, it wasn't right. that it was a bad game uh in any respect at least not in my opinion i think what it was is i just don't think it felt halo um mm. which two and three two and three did and i think what they did with um five and and, and infinite is kind of get a nice middle ground between right. sort of those modern games or some of the more modern experiences uh or quality of life improvements that games have brought in while still feeling distinctly halo which i think four got away from a, a, no a hundred percent uh i actually i actually would definitely agree with that um i mean i i definitely caught myself saying it during definitely during that time um that it did feel more like call of duty but again if halo halo made the, it made the impact that it did it only made sense that call of duty after some point especially after black ops 2 well more so especially after modern warfare 2 yeah, yeah. kind of had <laughs> it had that it, again it was another game that kind of changed the industry and made people look at gaming differently um i think what 343 did with this one is create five but take out all the extra stuff and that's why it feels that gives you those feels for like halo 3 halo 2 because it literally doesn't um you have what your grapple shot and then other than that in the campaign itself uh you have your other abilities as far as the drop wall as far as the um they brought the booster back um and then uh, there's one more I feel like I'm forgetting. Uh, and then the scanner. But in those yeah. things, you also have during multiplayer, but each individual piece, and it's like you have con- you have instant access to them too. So it's not like, oh, they tried to create some whole new game, try to give you a different feeling. You could tell that there was an artist at work, kind of like a Michelangelo or a Picasso, some kind mm-hmm. of a Picasso or whatever the case, to make sure that they touch the hearts of your... Uh, of the older of the veteran halo players um but also give you that nonsensical um kind of feel for the newer players um but but just to go back to the campaign and everything uh i've told pong and i've said to other people in the background that again this is the best halo that i've ever felt i think this this is the best halo that i've ever played period um i would kind of put it up there with two just because of how dynamic two was um, but again, you're telling two different stories, whereas this one, you're getting back to the basics. Hey, this this is about Chief. Um, what's going on in this world? Why is everything this way? And the story seems to 
my biggest problem is that some of the story beats aren't fully covered again it is one of those things where it's kind of hard to recommend it to people who say, oh, well, do I need to have played the previous games to understand the story? And to be honest, you have to at least look at a YouTube video to make sure that hmm. you get what's going on. Now, me, I'm involved in books. I know the lore, everything else. It was just kind of there was still some pieces in there. I was like, all right, well, how does this end up working now? And Scott, I mean, you you may know those parts, which is why you're probably so excited to talk about it and everything. Um <laughs> which is I'm excited as I'm getting closer to the end to see how they really tie everything together um, because we've been kind of hearing things up and down about that. But from the moment-to-moment gameplay, it's it's unbeatable. Um, <laughs> Jeff Grubb made the best statement about this, and I, I like using this. It's a Halo-ass Halo game, <laughs> and that's exactly what I wanted. It, it didn't need to be anything else. It didn't need to be, it didn't try, need to try to be Call of Duty. It just needed to be Halo. And that's what people were, I think that's the biggest complaint from four to five is that it just didn't feel like Halo anymore. It felt like it was trying to be something else. Again, things have to kind of advance, things have to kind of change, and you have to go through growing pains sometimes. But for this game to have been in development hell, for lack of a better term, and for more information that we're seeing, and for it to be as polished and as put together and to give me the butterflies in my stomach when I get the story beats, uh, when I get that moment-to-moment gameplay, they did something right. I don't know if Joseph Staten needs to be praised for it. I don't know if Bonnie Ross got up there, cracked the whip and mm-hmm. said, look, I'm tired of playing. I try to let you guys do it. I don't know what it was. And I definitely would like to read a book about it one day about the whole dev cycle for Halo Infinite. Don't worry. Schreier's got one on the way. Yeah, Trust he, me. He, he, has, <laughs> he has the way he's talking about it. But it's crazy to think that they went through all of this. Our worries were, man, we just want them to put a good story and a good multiplayer together. And they did it. And if I had to give Halo a rating, it's really on the edge of uh, 9 to 10 for me at the moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd agree with that as well, Steelman. Yeah, I I would absolutely put put it that high. At at least. Because there's nothing better than... I'll just give you an example. There's nothing better than getting your crew together on your Razorback, giving them the, the <laughs> custom weapons, your custom weapons or whatever, and then just going, running up on a group of enemies and them just taking everybody out, which is, I understand, like Pong, me and Pong kind of went back and forth on this yesterday. I understand why people feel like it needed co-op, um, would have loved for the co-op to be there. I, I'm still going to stay on the hill. I do feel like, I don't think co-op was there, was in their original plan for this game. Uh, I think a lot of the backlash for you're wrong. I, no, it could be, uh, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'll take that. Um, but the reason I feel that way is just because of so much of the backlash that they got for the story, then the backlash that they got from the multiplayer. I feel like there's a reason why, other than it going free to play, why it feels somewhat separate from each other. Um, even though I personally can't separate it, as much as they say, "Oh, it's its own game," I don't separate modern. I don't separate the new modern warfare from Warzone. It's still part of the same game. Like, I, it's just Warzone. I could just jump into that multiplayer whenever I want without having the campaign downloaded, which is a, a benefit to me as a gamer. It's taking up space. Whereas this, it's the same kind of scenario. It's still Halo Infinite. It's not uh, Halo next level multiplayer. No, it's Halo Infinite multiplayer. So it's still part of the initial experience. Uh, you just don't have to can- need the game pay- uh, campaign to play it. Um, but yeah, I-, I would definitely put it up there. Uh, 
I just I feel like there's a lot of other things that are getting put into work. Again, we're seeing some playlist updates coming now. I think for a lot of people, there's a lot of entitlement. Me and Pong go back and forth about this, just talking about the craziness that goes on with the world overall. I think a lot of people just feel entitled to a lot of our games now because we spend so much time, we spend money, uh, we look at these different things that are going on within the industry, and we're like, oh, we want it to be this way. Um, when sometimes you just have to sit back, relax, and it, just enjoy the game for what it is. If it's not for you at that moment, unfortunately, we live in a time where you can play a different game. You don't have to keep playing this game where kind of back in the day you were stuck with that game. You had to just enjoy it for what it was. Mm -hmm. Now you have options. Just keep that in mind. Uh, but I, I love every little bit of Halo Infinite. I can't wait to finish the story out. Uh, maybe be a sky could start a little rumor mill about that. Uh, what <laughs> possibly think could happen, uh, especially tying in some of the things from the books and everything. But yeah, yeah. it has me. It has me thoroughly excited. I've, I haven't had this feeling for Halo overall. Halo 2 is the best was was the best campaign for me. Halo 4 had gave me the best feeling overall. Um I always felt like 343 nails giving life to Master Chief, a man in a suit that we've never seen a face for. Emotion and this connection that you feel to him um especially um, and this is not even, a, I don't want to consider this a slight spoiler, but there are other Spartans that you do run into throughout the world who have, have died in that interaction between them. It's not like you see them die or anything. They're just in the world. Um, but the interaction when you see Chief see them in person, you could tell that it, there's something psychological going on there that it just, and he just keeps pushing along. So yeah. um, I love it. Yeah, I just just on just on that point, the, the kind of it, the, what they do really well in this game, I think, is um, they really get the emotional element yeah. of Halo oh and yeah. um, the relationships between the three main characters that you encounter, but also right. um, the relationship between Chief and Cortana, um, and even touches on sort of the relationship between Chief and Halsey for those who are maybe a little bit more more familiar right. with 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 the law. Um, but also kind of the the relationship between Chief and his fellow Spartans, and you've just exactly. touched on it there. And um, they do a really good job of conveying that emotion without needing to oversell it. You know, exactly. Chief, Chief oh, isn't crying, God. but there's sort of subtle nods to how he's feeling and how he's processing things, even ju just by the writing, which I think is really good, the, in particular sort of how, how they write Chief and uh, the delivery by Steve. Um, Downs is, is fantastic as well. Oh, yeah. um, and that's something that I don't think um, the, the I've seen enough spoken about, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, Steve Rain, I'd love to do kind of like a full spot <laughs> cast talking about the backstory, the future. Yeah. Love to do something like that because, yeah, there is so much to tell and so much to talk about with this game um, that we, we obviously don't want to go into too, too much at this stage. Exactly, exactly. Well, well done. We did we did avoid spoilers on that one, and I do appreciate everyone's commitment to that because, yeah, like I say, I'm still working it's through hard. the campaign myself. <laughs> it is, you know, exactly. And I know yeah. lots of people that are tuning in will probably not have completed the story yet either. So, no, that's cool. Right. And to be honest, no massive surprises here. It's a fantastic game. I absolutely love it. It's the game that we've waited an extra year for, and it was worth right. every single day of that year. Um, so I'm just so pleased. And like you say, you know, there's still more to come. There's more content. There's more game right. features. Um, so, yeah, it's the game that's going to keep on giving, I, I think, and I hope over the coming well, 10 years, potentially, but 
but uh, yeah, let's see how that pans out. Uh, thank you very much. No, that's really cool. I think we probably need to wrap that one up there. And um, that's topic two done. Thank you very much, chat, for being here. We've got some uh, some familiar faces in the chat. So uh, yeah, thanks very much. Well, let's move on to topic three, if we can. And that is just the next-gen graphics that we've seen out of the Game oh, Awards, God. ironically. Um, yeah. And it's, to be honest, it's not necessarily just the next-gen graphics. Um, it is uh, the Unreal 5 engine in general as well, um, obviously with the uh, the Matrix demo that came out. And uh, there's been, a, I think it was a 45-minute Digital Foundry video on there. But, you know, this isn't necessarily just going to be the big AAA games that, that can squeeze the most out of this engine. This must be quite an exciting thing for, for indie devs as well, because if they can, mm-hmm. you know, get some um, some easy graphical wins out of some of their games and stuff, because, you know, let's face it, you know, the innovation tends to come from, from the indie game scene, um, first and foremost, uh, because they have the creative freedom to be able to do that sort of stuff. And if they've got an right. engine that allows them more creative freedom, then it's really exciting. But obviously on top of that, we do have the AAA games that will be able to squeeze the most power out of this um, with the large numbers of, of developers that they have in their studios. Let's go to you first, Steel, if that's okay. Um, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, did you, did you play the Matrix demo? Uh, and what did you make of the Hellblade uh, 2 um, video that we saw? Because my personal take on that Hellblade mm. is, is it is absolutely phenomenal. But I think anyone into right. photography would probably agree that there seemed to be this kind of chromatic aberration filter over the yeah, top of it I, I hate um, when they do that yeah so do i because i think that trailer would and could look even better than it did it looked right. a little soft in places mm-hmm. and I, I get that it's kind of i hate this term but it's kind of filmic and it, you know it's done for that particular yeah. reason and it it had the black bars right. top and bottom so you know mm. uh, from from the point of view of actually you're processing each individual frame probably not quite as taxing as it looked, given, like I say, the fact that um, that they wasn't at full resolution and stuff. But it still looked. I mean, the animations was what absolutely blew me away, and and the setting uh, and just the sm- how smooth it all seemed. But right. I, I still think there's a long way they can go with that, even you know as massively impressive as it was. But uh, yeah, are you mm-hmm. stoked for for next gen graphics after what you've seen uh, out of the Game Awards? Hey, to be honest with you, I'm I'm excited for the next ten years. I'll be to be completely honest. Um, we went into this generation uh, in last year thinking that, uh, or we fit Moore's law. We can't it can't get any better. Oh, uh, we're just we're just gonna get reiterations of things, and we're breaking the hinges off the door once again. Um, Hellblade does nothing but prove that. The Matrix demo does nothing but prove that. And then also from what we've seen from uh, seen from Starfield is doing nothing but proving this. And I think it's, again, we're only a year into this generation. You usually don't see this big of a difference this soon. But we're already, it's already night and day for me, at least from what I've noticed. Um, I myself have not played the Matrix demo. Um, I have seen plenty of content on it, though. Um, and it's not my first foray into looking at triangles and seeing how uh, games are put together and how development works and everything else. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll tackle it from that angle. The fact that they got that demo working on the series console, PlayStation 5, just on a console, period, is dumbfounding to me personally uh, i've made the comment that the unreal engine for all puns intended is unreal unreal 5 seems to be doing something that i didn't even think that was possible I, you look you look at gears of war you look at high busters like man this is this is great they keep using this that we, we don't have, have have any problems i've never looked at gears and said oh man this this game is uh 
doesn't look that great. I've always every iteration. I'm I'm amazed by how they um, incorporate what they've learned and incorporate the new technology and constantly reiterate and make it better and better. And it's seemingly with Unreal Five, they've not only done that. Um, because a common complaint with Unreal is that some of the tools are kind of can kind of be difficult to use. With this one, and from everything that I've seen uh, throughout my research, is that they've made this one so much easier for developers to use. And so in the long term, um, they're going to have these basically library of content within the Unreal Engine that's going to be able to create games, build content quicker than we've ever seen before. And I think that's an amazing feat. Um, the reason I bring up you know starfield i bring up those specific games in overall is because i mean we're also talking about the creation engine um you're we're just talking about halo we're looking at the slip space engine they didn't have to make that they were going to make it an unreal but they decided hey we want our own in-house and it actually turned out pretty well so it gets me excited okay what else can you do with this once you optimize it and really get your feet up under you what else can what else can we do with this um but trying to touch back on the matrix demo itself the typical consumer doesn't understand what the triangles and uh, all the different settings that you can get, get that you can set up, how the lighting works, uh, how the sun, how they have the sun rotating on its axis and everything. So you can get the different angles of how the light protrudes throughout the city um, or even with the and I can't think of the name of it right now. And I just did it yesterday. Um, goodness gracious. It's the it's the way that they got the. Uh, textures and everything rolling Talk about in. nanite uh thank you oh my god somebody said that yesterday and i was the, the, the non-tech guy here just came yeah exactly nanite <laughs> came through I, I dumbfounded um but yeah exactly how they're using the nanite technology which is basically um being able to fill those textures in a, a lot quicker a lot easier it's not as taxing on the hardware and everything a lot of your typical consumer is not going to understand those things. So when you give them a demo like this and you, it starts out the way that it does. That's the most impressive thing to me when they make the comparisons to the movie and then the demo, you're like, yeah, there are those subtle differences, but at the same time, it looks almost on point to the point where you can't really tell until you get to certain scenes that, okay, this is a game versus, and then the matrix is already kind of playing that fine line anyway. So it just made me feel like, man, I need a Matrix game sooner than never. Um, because, I mean, the last one we had was Path of Neo, and even that was breaking boundaries at the point. But being able to pull yourself out of the world, fly through the city, uh, even drive through it, even though the drive mechanics aren't the greatest, I do also feel like there's something deeper at play here um, as far as that <laughs> Matrix demo go goes. I think those assets are just too much work put into this for it not to lead into a game. But it, it only excites me, and I feel like it, it should excite more people just because if this is what we're getting now, what are we going to get three years from now? You see these games coming out. What's a Val going to look like, right? Mm. Um, what is that next Fable going to look like? What is Playground Games going to be able to do with that? That game's not going to be out for a while, so they have time. They have the funding. They have the team to really put forth all the effort and make sure that it is a and it makes make sure that's an amazing experience um for me i'm excited to see how we progress uh again like like we always go back to it, it is the golden age of gaming 100 percent um now even before i know we they used to say that back in the day no i think this is 100 percent it um the age of it's the golden age it's the age of accessibility uh and it's just the age of technology that I think that we're really going to really start seeing more realism um, through our games and more 
And this is another hammer that I always go back to, but more depth in our games. Uh, give me, give, give me more of a feeling of the world. Make me feel like I'm part of it. Add, do more attention to detail. Uh, all the all the 4K stuff and everything else that can come later. There's so many ways of optimizing games now that I, we just I want people to stay away from the marketing terms as far as 4K and ray tracing and things like that, and just let the devs make their games because man, they're they're creating masterpieces at this point. So that's from yeah, me. absolutely. They they are going to release that um, Unreal Five engine code wholesale. For free, mm-hmm. um, so so any uh, Unreal Engine five devs programmers out there will have all of that code, all of the assets. So I'm not sure if it's going to become a game at that point, um, due to that, I guess. But what it does go and demonstrate is the power of the engine, because a lot of those buildings weren't necessarily handcrafted. The the engine mm-hmm. can actually create its own worlds, and then the artists go in exactly. and touch up mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of yeah tidy things up. So like I say, from an indie gamer's perspective. Um, you know, imagine, um, you know, trying to create an open world, a city like that, because I think, you know, a lot of op- a lot of indie right. games, that would be beyond most, you know, small studios, small dev teams to be able to do that. But if the engine's doing a lot of their heavy lifting, then actually, you know, there, there is there is some, you know, a lot more potential that, like I say, indie devs can actually do with... Um, do with this particular engine and uh, yeah it, it, i i thought it looks fantastic i downloaded it on the xbox series x i nearly recorded some footage for tonight's show i wished i had now but you can just fly around with a little drone and you can go up massive skyscrapers and look in the windows and inside the windows are fully furnished sort of apartments and, and offices and stuff it really is mind-blowing to be able to drive around pong um your vision of the future yeah what did you make of the of the matrix uh, and, and, and unreal engine 5 in general Look, how could you not be impressed? Yeah, Kevin and I were doing the show and watching, um, you know, Hellblade Two show off, and our jaws hit the floor, and could not believe what we were seeing. Uh, even though I had kind of expected Ninja Theory to come like that, once you see it in motion and realizing that, even as you're watching it and you're already in awe that that's even compressed and you're not seeing it, it's in full glory, right? And then you go back and watch it in 4K. And it looks even better, and you still realize it's still compressed compared to what we're going to be seeing it natively when we get to put that in our consoles, right? Um, And then I got the chance to download, um, you know, Matrix Awakens, and I literally, I had more fun than I do with a lot of games, just exploring that city. Like, once I realized, because I thought... There was no hint that you were going to be, I guess I didn't read up on it. So I don't know if anybody wrote about it, but I just was like, okay, so they're going to give us a demo. And then I could, I saw somebody post something, you know, with the little uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, static gameplay that we have where, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're shooting, but it's a controlled, you know, it's old school. It's like some of the old school games that we had, the, the the laser or the uh, light gun games. And that's basically what it was. Um, And I was like, oh, that's sweet. You know, so I'm playing that. I'm like, wow, you know, can't believe that they're putting this together. I can't believe this is running real time on my console. My 500 console is doing this right now. Absolutely incredible. Uh, And and look, I'll be straight up with everybody. I still thought that that was the real Keanu when they first showed him on screen. Oh, me too. Right. I, I completely thought I was like, wait, are they trying to say until he started walking? And then you could see the walk, mm. the walk, the walking, the animation that there's still something off, you know, but we're getting so close to uncanny Valley territory. Yeah. Now, when he first, the close up of his face, I hundred percent agree. That, that's key. I, I forgot to bring that point up. No, hundred percent. Yeah. I was, it confused me too. I was like, 
That wasn't Wait, him we, the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Right. Did we all did we all go through that moment where we sort of thought, yeah. "Oh my god, this is this is graphics." It just <laughs> right. oh my god, right? Yeah. And, and what do you and I talk about? Steel. It's the eyes, right? The eyes are yeah. always yep. the hardest part. But that yep. close up of him, the the Bro. nowadays him, not the one yeah. where he's you know on the desk, but the one where they flip okay. through where he's in the white background and it's close up. Those eyes are the closest things to real that I've yeah. seen because I was watching because that's, you know, me steel. That's my biggest thing is the eyes always tell because it's one of the hardest things to make no. yeah. real because there's something because, you know, whether you want to say it's our soul behind our eyes or intellect behind our eyes or whatever, there's right. just something about the eyes. And I, I kept looking, I'm like, yo, I don't know. I don't know if this is really him or not. I, I was, I was blown away and then they jump you into the city and let you explore the city and i the scale of the city just the feeling was different from other games because of the lighting uh all the technology that they were using and then like steel said to be able to go in and even though i don't understand a tenth of what what it is i do have some basic knowledge but to be able to go in and just flip through the different filters and to see what they were doing and then adjust you know, the sun's rotation and all that kind of stuff around the city and watch the lighting change in real time. Absolutely stunning. Um, again, I was already hyped. Like Steele said, you know, I believe this generation is going to be about 10 years long. I think this is the longest Easily. generation uh, just because yeah. of the chip shortages and everything else. I just really believe that. Um, but I was already excited. I mean, I knew big things were coming. We can look at any generation and look at the games in the beginning and look at the games in the end and see how far we've come, right? But to see something this now, Unreal 5 is in its infancy. It's yep. been out yeah. for basically yep. a, year, a year. Yeah. Right? This, <laughs> we're seeing this stuff here oh, now God. today. What is it going to be eight years from now? Right? When the coalition gets their hands on Unreal 5 and does all the different customizations that these talented devs do to these engines and pull out even more from them, what are we going to be seeing? And this is on my console, my $500 console, not a $3,000 PC. Exactly. Not a 3080, yo, TI, not not a 4080, whatever they're going to come out with. It's on my $500 Series X console right now. And it runs basically the same on a Series S, which is even more crazy when you think about it. But I can't wait. Uh, My hype levels went through the roof seeing this stuff. Um, You know, and I've talked to, uh, shout out to 3Bit, a great member of this community and obviously a brother from another for me um, on with Fun Speculation and on on other shows with us. Um, You know, he's gotten hands on with Unreal 5. He started playing around because he's Mm -hmm. he's an actual dev. Mm -hmm. And he he got to work with Unreal 5 months and months and months ago. And he was coming back in our DMs. And then when we were getting on shows together behind the scenes and talking about it, he said, you guys aren't going to believe what they're going to be able to do with this stuff. They make it so easy to work yeah. with. He's like the leap in accessibility from Unreal 4 to Unreal 5 is giant. And he was talking about that. And flat to your point, Steele and I make this conversation. We've had this conversation so many times in Living Split Screen. That's the biggest reason why I'm calling this the golden age of gaming outside of just the amount of content we're getting and the amount of talent in this industry. It's that the the parity between the big time devs and the indie devs is shrinking rapidly. A small team of devs that are just highly talented, but they might not have all the funding, have access to engines like Unity, like Unreal 5, and they can make the same type of games that the big boys can 
yes, there's going to be some differences in there, but that parity is small. It's shrinking Mm. year by year. We're seeing it shrink. That's why you're seeing these indie games come out. And again, we can have the discussion about what considered as an indie game, what's not an indie game, but we're seeing indie games come out that you look at them. And if somebody told you, Hey, Ubisoft made that game or Hey, EA made that game or, or Xbox made that you would not bat an eye. You'd say, okay, all right. Yeah, I can believe that. And these are just small indie developers doing this stuff. And that's, we're going to see more and more games like that come out where these developers come out of nowhere and just have been grinding away in their apartments or their houses or whatever the case may be them and a group of friends. And they throw us a game that it just blows our mind. Um, And that's the biggest part of this generation that I think we're going to see Um, because again, more talent, more money, more resources, more resources, more gamers are all coming together at this one moment in time. And that's why the game industry is now the number one entertainment uh, in the world. And that that continues, that's going to continue to grow because of this accessibility to the tech that used to divide is now bringing together and it's available for everybody versus back in the day where it was selective who was going to be able to put together something that was so impressive visually um that's no longer the case anymore so you know again just seeing this stuff live in action uh proof of concept uh you know getting our hands on the fact that epic was willing to go you know i know it was a movie tie-in it's a beautiful form of advertising i am mad i've talked about this on previous shows back that we're not getting a matrix game along with the matrix movie this year it would have been a perfect thing but for Epic to go ahead and do this type of tie-in uh, and give us as the gamers, the consumer, a tech demo that liked this, that shows us behind the curtains, I think is special. And I got to give them credit for doing that. Again, I know it's advertising, was business, but at the end of the day, they still did it this way where we could see some of that at work. Uh, and that, to me, uh, just makes me a happy gamer. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. But that city is so incredibly large the scale like i was talking about before yeah we can't go inside yeah the driving mechanics are not good but the destructibility uh of the cars and stuff there's a lot of things to take away from that the modeling but realistic going in and taking photos going into photo mode Mm. and uh you know fiddling around with the settings i took a i I don't know how many screenshots i now have uh, how many Mm -hmm. photos i took but there are, there are so many of them that they pass that squint test where if you squint, they yeah, look real. Absolutely. And even some of them, even some of them, if you're looking on your phone, you don't have to squint. And it looks like I could convince you that I took that picture in some city somewhere in the, you know, somewhere in the world, right? That that's how good it has gotten. And man, the future is so bright for this industry. I just can't wait to get my hands on these games. Hellblade 2. Look, Ninja Theory, take all the time you need. I know we're at least two years out. You know, I've been saying end of 2023, spring of 2024 for a long time. I believe that still to this point. Take your time. You've proven what you guys are doing over there. You got very, very close, if not in some way surpassing the trailer that you gave us two years ago that was just an in, you know supposed to be indicative of what it was going to be like. Um you guys are so close to that. We are so far out. I don't want to see that game again. I don't need to see that game again until you guys are ready. Ninja Theory is the top of the heap. They are setting the bar that everyone else is going to be compared to, even internally at Xbox. And that's a good thing. Competition wow. is great. 
And when you set a bar like that, it's going to push other studios to push themselves to create something similar. In Exile sent out a tweet during the show that basically mm. said, really, Ninja Theory? Yeah. Because they are also working on Unreal 5, and they understand that they're going to have to put out their game, and it's going to be compared to Hellblade 2, no matter what art direction it takes. Uh, it's not going to matter. So that kind of that kind of competition just is so good for the industry because you know you know, even over at PlayStation, you know, the naughty dogs and all those guys over there that push themselves to the limit and all their games are going to be looking at that as well and going, well, we got some work to do. We, 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 we got to catch up here. Um, and, and overall, that makes the industry as a whole better. So I can't wait to see what comes down the road. No, exactly. And to be honest, you know, we still have the ball and chain at this moment in time of, of the previous generation as well. Mm-hmm. So once once we're finally free of those shackles, and you know, uh, you know, Xbox is still optimizing the system. You know, they're still opening up the Direct Twix, uh, DX12 APIs, and uh, you know, utilizing a lot of that. And you see some of that with some of these backwards compatible games. You know, although they're running on Series X, you know, although the load times are much quicker than the original game, they're still taking a lot longer than a game coded natively for that piece of hardware and the same for ps5 as well it's obviously not just an right. thing. so yeah it is massively exciting i just hope next year is is when they start to shed um like i say the ball and chain of, of the previous generation yeah. i think xbox personally yes. have that covered in in terms of game streaming yep. so you will be able to play starfield or, or you know whatever their first next gen only title is i know i know we've had the medium and things stalker like that, too Stalker yeah, 2 is there we go right so you yeah. know you you will be able to play that via streaming on your on the last gen console so you are still covered you're not necessarily missing out you're missing out on the full experience but you know that's just just life i don't know what playstation strategy is obviously i think they will just say buy a ps5 and i think most people will be fine with that and that's okay if that if that comes up with the same output of you know we can move on then brilliant but like you say you know it's so exciting to see some of these things scott <laughs> we've not heard from you for a while my friend um, yeah, what was your take on on Hellblade Two? Did it did it knock it out of the park? Was you, I mean, I think we we, we knew it was going to be there. There was lots of rumours that Hellblade Two was going to make a show in this year yeah. round, but um, quite you know the level of detail and the fact that it was it was it was described as being in game or, or actual gameplay. Now, obviously, it was a a HUD free gameplay video. I, I kind of raised my eyebrows when they when they really drove home that this was actual gameplay, but. Um, yeah, I mean, they're saying it is. It didn't look like gameplay, and like I say, in terms of no HUD or whatever. But uh, yeah, did it did it um, knock it out of the park for you? Yeah, I think the graphically it was <laughs> staggering. To be perfectly honest, wasn't it flat? But I think did you play the original Hellblade? I have. I've never completed. I got about halfway through. Okay, because in 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 Hellblade One, there's no real hood or anything in right. that in that game either. So it, it's it's very easy to believe that that's just how it will how mm. it will look for somebody playing. I think what what seems to happen is it cuts very much from gameplay to kind of like an in engine cutscene yeah. back to gameplay, then back to, to cutscene, then back again. Yeah, yeah very exactly. very seamless. Then there's a couple of points where. Um, uh, she's running away from the giant, mm-hmm. and I think at those points, to me at least, that very much reminded me of how Hellblade One looked and felt to to move um, Senua. Um, so it's oh, it's the, staggering but believable in 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 that respect. The whole thing had black bars top and bottom, though. That was the other thing that mm-hmm. kind of made me raise an eyebrow. It's like, are we going to play this in kind of that ultra wide screen for the whole game, or was that just I don't know? It's, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, 
I would hope that they wouldn't come out and say something's gameplay for it not to be gameplay. Yeah. You know, if you remember the last time they showed it off at the, it was the Game Awards, the previous year, they said, this is in-engine. And now this is and, gameplay. And yeah, that was that had black yeah. bars and was running at twenty-four frames a second, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But there is also one thing to to maybe uh, note for Xbox games in particular, is this easily could be a PC running 3090s and yeah, souped yeah. out to, to the max beyond an Xbox specification. So that is something that I'm always conscious of with Xbox reveals. And will any game reveal, they're going to show the game in the best light possible. But with Xbox first party now, that's very much going to be sort of the top end PC. Um, but it, it just looked staggering. It, it really did, um, which is no surprise because, you know, if you've played Hellblade, um, you know, that game is is a stunning game for how old it is. So it's no surprise that Ninja Theory being able to um, to take that to, to the next level. Um, and then with the Matrix Awakens demo, it, it, it was almost mind blowing. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was playing it, and I was, it's kind of one of those things where it doesn't happen that often because I think often what we've seen over the past couple of generations is they're very almost minor steps. Like if you compare the end of one generation to the beginning of the next. I think that step up often isn't that great. It's kind of as the generation develops and you really see the benefits of that hardware. Um, But this was a a genuine leap, Leap. almost a vision into into the future that um, we've not seen yet. Like, Mm. you know, you look at these games, you look at Halo Infinite, you look at some of these other games, it's while there are obviously a lot of these games are beautiful to to look at mm-hmm. um uh, they're they're very believable you know it's it's not like you're you're blown away um but genuinely with with the hellblade uh and more so for the matrix awake it's tech demo genuinely blown away by what i was seeing like it, it was very i'm trying to even think of a time in the past where i've looked at something and i'm like i i can't believe my eyes like you guys have already said it when you saw keanu reeves like i i thought that was just a video of keanu reeves yeah, when when i first saw it you know um and and that moment doesn't happen very often you, you don't get that that true leap or true vision of the future of how things can potentially um, look and and, it, and it's exciting and uh, you know we're obviously predominantly an Xbox podcast and one of the exciting things for for us is a lot of Xbox Studios use Unreal Engine and obviously right. other engines are going to have you know similar technologies and I'm sure they're going to look uh, stunning as as well but yeah like <laughs> you know the Coalition contributed and they helped optimize this particular um, demo which is um, awesome to see imagine what the next Gears of War is going to look like. Oh, it's 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 yeah. unbelievable when when you the hive busters thing think, looked fantastic yeah just think of yeah, yeah. hive busters and gears five look mm. and then to think there's going to be this uh well hopefully uh this this leap into this unreal five era um and with the technical wizardry that that the coalition seem to have at their disposal like i'm i'm so excited to see to see what it actually ends up uh looking like and you know the future's bright 
you know, the, the guys have said it already. Um, you know, we are in a golden age of, of gaming, and and these development tools are contributing to that. Um, you know, I, I can't couldn't say it better myself than than what the guys have said around how you know these are going to help indie developers uh, and how it's closing the gap between what is AAA and what's indie. Those those lines have been blurring for years now, and they're only just going to get more and more blurred as um, as we move on to to this generation. And I'm super excited to see what what the future holds. Well, I'll tell you how it happened for me, and I'm, I'm sure perhaps we've all been on a very similar journey. I think, uh, mm-hmm. I think 2019, I was at a Christmas party, and I, I went back to my room late, staggered back to my room, and just flicking through Xbox, and it was the Game Awards that night, and it was like, oh, what's this? Uh, and they, I, I'd seen some something had popped up on my notifications, and it, I, I hadn't really clocked what it was. And when I saw the reveal mm-hmm. of the new Xbox, it's like, oh my god this is the new Xbox. And it's like, wow, you know, no one was expecting that to drop. And then I saw the, the Hellblade uh, 2 first reveal and it was like, oh my God, this is what next generation looks like. And they were saying, you know, in-game um, engine and stuff like that. And you think, wow. And then, you know, then Digital Foundry pick it apart and it's only running 24 frames a second. It's got the black bars, da 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 And you think, oh, okay, well, you know, I, I've been d- disappointed lots of times with... Um, in-game engine shots and stuff like that. And I think what the Game Awards did for me was just reaffirm that actually that first initial impression I had that first time was is, is actually what they can deliver because not only did obviously Hellblade 2 second trailer drop this time and it was, you know, on par with the first, um, we've also had The Matrix, so you know, a completely separate project that blew me away. And all of a sudden, this these next-generation graphics that I've just you know, wouldn't have dreamed of seem very real and quite close as well. And that is such an exciting prospect. And I'm so pleased, you know, that's, that was the real big takeaway from me from the Game Awards, to be honest, just how exciting um, the next-gen graphics can look. And like I say, it's not just about graphic, you know, the graphical fidelity and how fantastic it is. It's also the engine itself and how that will help developers, both big and small, uh, like I say, with the indie developers. That's where the that's where the creativity comes from and what they will be able to do with this engine, particularly if it's doing a lot of the heavy lifting with stuff that they can't necessarily do now with their small teams. Like you say, hashtag golden age of gaming. What a fantastic time to be a gamer. Um, yeah, gentlemen, yeah. Thank you very much. We are going to wrap the show up there. It has been an nice. absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed this show. Thank you so much for coming on. Chat, you have been unbelievable. It's always lots of to and fro in backwards and forwards. Thank you for your input. We really do appreciate it. This this is, you know, you, you are always the, uh, the extra panel member chat um, on this show, and we do enjoy interacting with you guys. Uh, let's just do a quick roll call. Still Rain, thank you very much for being on, my yeah. friend. I hope you had a good time. Um, oh, this yeah, year. Give a shout to your channel um, and let us know uh, what, what you and Pong get up to. Look, uh, again, it's just great to be back into the Green Pass gaming kingdom. Um, the fact that you guys just welcome the rain every time that um, you send that invite out is an amazing thing. I mean, I just love being here. I love y'all's opinions. Again, like I said in the beginning, uh, y'all tackle things typically from a different angle. Um, all of you come from different points and perspectives, uh, which is, I think is such a unique thing. And you also kind of carry over that energy and that passion um, that I always go on about, at least keeping it live, raw, and uncut, as I like to say. But um, with that being said, you can find me anywhere. Just type in I, still rain I, the T is a seven. If it's Google, if it's Xbox, if it's PlayStation, if it's on PC, um, more times than not, if you type in, you will find me. Hit me up in the DMs. Let's have a conversation. Let's play some games. Although right now, I'm playing Halo. So if you're not playing <laughs> Halo, uh, we might not be having a conversation. But um, 
but again, just to be honest, uh, you can also find me every Saturday, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time with my brother from another punk soul, the man himself, uh, the legend, the uncanny gentleman, as I like to call him. Uh, where we just give you a non-console-centric platform, talk about everything going on within the gaming industry. Um, as I tend to say, I like taking that RTS view, um, really removing ourselves from out of the world and exploring the darker places of the map and what we call the gaming industry. Um, because getting to those 3 billion gamers, as Phil has said and many others have said, is the overall goal um, because we've been capped off for too long and we need more we need more influx we need more people to be in here especially as the biggest form of entertainment out here um other than that again it was a pleasure i had a great time love talking with you all and y'all stay safe take care of yourself and stay godly y'all have a good one thank you very much well again you can expect your invite in the post keep an eye on that pong soul again similar thank you very much for being here my friend uh, always a pleasure like you say you've been on the show a few times you are always welcome back anytime any honestly guys anytime you want to come just dm me and we'll get you on the show but yeah thanks for being here pong um hope you had a good one. Oh, of course i always have a pleasure flap thank you again the the honor is all mine uh for the invite um, I love coming on here, Scott. Thank you, uh, as well for being here. Thanks. Look, anytime I get to be on the show with you guys, and then you also bring my brother from another steel rain in, <laughs> it's going to be a great show. Are you sure you don't want to go for another two hours? Cause steel and I, <laughs> for him and I, I feel so. that we could, I feel that we could, <laughs> we could, <laughs> we could. Yeah. steel and I really haven't even gotten warmed up yet. So, you, you know, let's, <laughs> we could keep going. Uh, no, fantastic <laughs> time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll always be here whenever you need me, whenever you want me, if I can make it happen, I will. Will chat, you guys are amazing. I love all of you. So many familiar faces in there. Just nothing but love and respect for all of you coming out and supporting all these shows. Uh, Pong Soul everywhere, Xbox, Twitter. You guys know the drill there. Uh, my hype man took care of Saturdays for living split screen. Um, obviously, show up. We're building a big community over there. We really just him and I just have such a great time. We look forward to it every Saturday morning. So please come check out Living Split Screen. Otherwise, Tuesdays, Xbox Factor Podcast over on Double Barrel Gaming. Of course, that's Mr. Boomstick, another great member of the community. Xbox, Xbox, Xbox. This is going to be a big Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Archimedes is there. Mav, when he's available, which is most of the time, 3-Bit, if he's available. He's working a ton right now. He's there. Uh, and then we got Zemi Games and myself. So come check us out there. Um, and then obviously Thursdays, PM in the PM, Pong and Mav in the PM over on Fun Speculations channel, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. Just him and I deep diving one, two, three topics this last week. <laughs> five-hour marathon for the game awards that was a little special but uh come check us out there and then friday nights again back over on fun speculations channel for xbox ultimate 9 p.m eastern eight o'clock central time uh mav caitlin magnificent seven myself look we just have a great time mav always has great guests come see us uh and then saturday again living split screen in the morning and then the shop podcast over in ptk blam's channel Awesome show, Fuzzy Belvedere. Uh, we got Centurion, myself, and of course, PTK, the man himself. He always has great guests as well. We end your Saturday night right, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time. Otherwise, as you've already heard, guys are going to start dreaming about me saying this. It <laughs> is the golden age of gaming. Mm -hmm. Trust me, been doing this for 40 years, gaming-wise. Not podcasting, mm -hmm. but gaming-wise. Been doing this for 40-plus years. Never seen a time like this, ever. There's so much coming out. Enjoy it. Play what you love. Love what you play. I'm going to talk to you all real soon.
Oh, absolutely, my friend. And I, I used to think Mr. Boomstick XL, who, who, who was the one who actually got me into podcasting in the first place, was yeah. was one of the uh, was one of the busiest people in podcasting. But Pong, I think you outdo him about three to one. I'm afraid. <laughs> so uh, no, we really enjoy both of you. Both of your inputs, your valued. Uh, members of the community so it's fantastic to have you on board scott thank you for being here my friend only two of the gpg crew tonight but i think we're running with the full crew next week and it will be will be our last show before christmas yeah so uh, perhaps perhaps we'll do a cameras on one next week perhaps we'll do a a gaming news and perhaps we can get some games going and stuff because we do enjoy some of the games might even do a uh, one of our confessionals actually that would be quite cool actually um steel and pong i don't know if you've ever tuned in when we've done one of our gaming confessionals but it's quite good to uh yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah, we'll have to try and do that well if you're around next week in the chat and stuff it'll be fantastic to see but uh yeah so uh excellent well thank you very much everyone Thank you, Scott, for being here as well. Uh, Chat, as always, you've been fantastic. Um, Really enjoyed today's show. Um, Yeah, I hope everyone has a a safe week gaming. Um, Hope everyone catches up on the Halo side of things. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for being with us.